All right, Jesse. Uh, welcome back, my friend. Yes, welcome back. This is this is fantastic that we're back. How are you feeling? Well, ooh, um, you know, nothing. There's no real motivation. I mean, what? Like the the randomness that gets us up here in the first place. Like it's it's all random. Right. Right. Whatever whatever week we feel like it. Uh, if it wasn't random. If like, we needed to come up here weekly, some some weeks might actually struggle, like to find content. But this week we would mark from our with our calendars from the beginning. Right. Even even like, had we been recording weekly, this would have been a this would have been a highlight from month set up months in advance. We would have we would have had this one circled for sure. Right. So why don't you get started? Give us a little explanation of what we're doing here. So in 2004-05, after Liverpool won the European Cup with Rafa Benitez, Liverpool and AC Milan, everyone went on holiday afterwards. But Rafa Benitez got his his staff into into Anfield, and they played a little game. Rafa basically said to everyone, okay, guys, in the league, who do you want? Basically, look at every single team. Look at every single team at every single position. Who do you think would improve our squad? So basically, you can have anybody in the league. Who are you going with? So basically, he let everyone go position by position and look at all the other teams in the league by those same positions and see which ones that they would they would take. So that's what we're going to do. So I'm I'm going to use Liverpool. You're going to use Man U. These are our these are our teams. So basically, we're going to go position by position. And what this game is meant to show, it's meant to show two things. It's meant to show basically where the strength in the league is, basically where like what, who we value in the league, who we think are good players. And the other thing it, it shows is where our teams are particularly strong, particularly weak. Because if I, I don't know, maybe I want two other candidates from around, from around the league, that kind of shows that, you know, I'm pretty, I feel like my, my guys top three in the league, but if, you know, I, I have 10 to 15 guys, then you know that you're weak at this certain spot. Right. So, uh, so that's what we're going to do. We'll still, but we're not going to go, just one team and then 11 positions. We'll go position by position. So we'll start with goalkeeper. And so for Liverpool, Liverpool right now have Simone Mignolet. And you know what? There is, there's a lot of talk over where or how good Mignolet actually is at this point. Like, is he, is he top three? No, he isn't. Not in my opinion. Some people think that last, last season towards the end, because Liverpool couldn't score, hit a barn door at that stage that he was sort of carrying the team. And he was. He was playing really, really well. But there's still a few goalies that I would take over him. So well, it's also David- it's also a strange situation. I know last year they brought in a re- I mean they brought in a replacement for him, and that just sort of failed right off. They didn't didn't Carrius uh, get hurt in his first game, and then he was out for like three months. Yeah, yeah. He broke his. I, bro- I think he broke his hand. He yeah. might have broken his whole hand or like thumb. in his first in- game. Uh, I think I think I think it was pre it was preseason yeah. and then he was and then he was out but then he came back and then you know Mignolet was playing okay yeah and then Jurgen Klopp apart from Mignolet playing playing okay he said okay I'm gonna throw Karius in now because he was my number one that's what we bought him for right and he was just atrocious right and I mean Liverpool's fans I mean at the best of times you know they're amazing but when when they're not sold on a player they can be they can be a critical bunch just inside the stadium themselves. Like they just expect so much. It was similar so, to, I think city last year as well. Different. I mean, obviously different players, different situations, but a similar sure. thing where neither guy 
really did enough. I mean, Mignolet was better, I would say, than any either of City's keepers. But yeah, uh, I think yeah, City's keepers were sort of more like cinematically bad. Like it was all right. over the place how bad they were. Like right. on every front page. Uh, but yeah, no Liverpool. So right now, I let's let's go through it. So okay. I would take I got Mignolet. I would take David de Gea. Uh, you know what? You don't, you don't know much more about this guy yet. But I think I would take Ederson, even though he's completely unproven for Man City. I think I've watched enough Champions League uh, to know that this guy with Benfica, he stole a couple of games for Benfica. I know it's going to be it's going to be a tough transition, but he's young and he's he's completely different from Bravo in that Bravo came in to, like, you know, be good with his feet. And, you know, he's a small sort of Continentals type keeper. But Ederson has all that. But he's I mean, he's he's really tough as well. Like he's he's he looks like like a badass basically. And it's not the neck tattoos because I've seen neck tattoos on people that, you know, they're just complete fronts. This guy can actually back it up. So I'll take Ederson. I'll take David De Gea. I'll take Thibaut Courtois. I'm not going to take Hugo Lloris because I think he's fraudulent, even though a lot of people like, like really. Yeah. I knew, I knew you would have something to say about that, but I'm not taking now. I should say this too. So this game can be approached, uh, in in two ways so you can you can only take the people that are fundamentally better than your position than the person at your position or just preference or just preference and you you but you can also take a person that's that's equal in your opinion okay like to, to 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 that position so but you know hugo Lloris, I'm, I'm not going to say that he's like a good deal worse than mini lane but i don't see i don't see a huge upgrade there um yeah so courtois de Gea, uh, Ederson and I think I think that might actually be it, Matt. Yeah, I, there's I, only I don't so, think so. For me, I mean, you mentioned you, uh, I think heading into this, it would be I'd be hard pressed to take anybody, especially based on last season. He, I mean, without De Gea last year, I can't eat, like United would have been. I mean, would they have been top ten? Like, I, I feel like a lot of those draws could have, <laughs> could have turned into like they might not have even been top ten, right? Like, yeah. Um, the only names I thought of, the only name I really thought of was Courtois because he's, he's just like having a guy like that who I think he's what six five six six, yeah, big guy, yeah, they, commanding in the back. The o- the only other name that you didn't mention there, and I think this is just like jumping on a hype train, is um, is Pickford. Jordan Pickford. Yeah, yeah. Pickford. and I thought that's what you were going to say when you brought up Ederson, but uh, yeah, you're right. I don't people, know much. A lot of people like him. Yeah, um, I just I just I just feel like he's one of these guys who. Um, and you sort of get these with goalies. Like, he almost needs a lot of shots. Right. Like, like, to, like he needs to get very Luongo-esque. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very, like, like, you know, Sunderland. I mean, Sunderland actually aren't a small club. But at that stage, they were floundering. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he basically had no, no pressure on him. Everyone knew how good he was. He knew he was going to get a move somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but now, I mean, Everton have higher ambitions we'll see i think he's a good goalie i think that you know he might have the potential one day to be better than Mignolet, but we're talking right now right and the other thing interesting about moment. him too is and i think part of the whole hype is is him being english and them looking for like a, a for sure replacement yeah. and yeah. trying to pump that up as like a local guy yeah for sure he uh, and plus like the the quota now there, there's there's some kind of i think it might be seven you need seven english players in the first team squad and that and that's why a lot of these players are are you know uh they're not worth as much as they're being sold for right I think. Like, like kyle walker is not worth 50 million no 
I mean, with all the money well, being tossed around to other guys, like, well, well, that's what I mean. So, like, what is, what are people worth? So, some people say that you know you're worth what someone's willing to pay for you, but I mean, you know, in in other times, you know, I feel like it would have been ha- like if if he wasn't English, Matt, I think he would have went for maybe thirty million. Not really? Even. Yeah, yeah. I think people that think that Kyle Walker is going to start, no problems asked, at right back, and this Danilo guy who they brought in for thirty million is going mm-hmm. to back him up. They might actually realize that you know Danilo might actually fight him for that spot. We don't know yet, but that's that's in. Well, they bought they bought everybody, haven't they? Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, for me, De Gea, Courtois, maybe, but I, I'm not really thought, I'm not really dumping you- De Gea at all. Bro, I thought you were just gonna make the biggest statement and just say nobody. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I just just for the sake of conversation, I'll say another. I'll say you know a couple other names, but I only right. mentioned uh, I only mentioned Pickford because you hadn't brought him up yet and yeah. stoked the conversation, right? Okay, well, why don't you start with right back here? Okay, so right back for me. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty happy with. I mean, Marino's called Valencia. He said he's he said he's the best right back in the Premier League, and I don't know. I mean. Sure, you can go ahead and say that if you want, but um, for me, I think at this point there is a guy, um, Hector Bell- Hector, what is it, Bellerin, Bellerin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He would probably be my guy. Who, uh, I mean, and, and maybe you've got Kyle Walker there as well. He was the other name that I had here, but yeah. Bellerin is probably my guy. Who he's a little younger, uh, a little stronger, fast. Um, he'd be my guy, I guess, that I would probably replace Valencia with. I think the other pattern that we're going to notice during this game is that unlike other years, I think that basically almost all the quality players are completely concentrated in the top seven. Yeah. Like there might be other years where, you know, we'll, we'll see when we get to like teams like Leicester or, you know, things like that. But I think most of the, most of the, the players we're going to pick are going to be completely concentrated in the top seven, right. which, which I think is a, it's a, it's a pretty new trend. I think the last time this like the the concentration of power in the league was like this was like you know circa 2008 when it, there was three of four English teams in the Champions League semifinals. Right. And now it's it's really money now, right? Like the top the top six or seven, I guess, are the ones with the money, and like that's just where the good players are going to go if they're going to get twice their value on the market and and get these ridiculous. I mean, first of all, signing fees. Second of all, their contracts. Then they're going to go to the top six and be eligible for European football. Yeah. Okay, so you're taking so I'm taking you have, You're taking Bellerine and yeah. Kyle Walker, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. I would probably say if I was if if, if I was doing a one for one swap, it would be Bellerine, but that's probably it. Okay, so so at the moment we have Trent Alexander Arnold, who is going to start the season because Nathaniel Klein is hurt. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say for these purposes that Klein is our number one right back. Okay, uh, I'm taking Valencia. Because I think Valencia is better than Klein. I'm also taking Bellerine. I'll take Kyle Walker as well. I'll take Danilo. Um, did I say Bellerine? I said Bellerine. Yeah, you did. Uh, oof, is that it? Uh, you know what? Even Seamus Coleman from yeah. Everton, when he's healthy, he's a good player. Uh, is he is he going to start the season or is he still out? He's he's gonna be out. He's yeah, gonna be okay. out. That's uh, what I thought. You know what's so funny is like you look at the champions and because they didn't play with you know they didn't play with actual, you know, traditional left and right backs. Like they played Victor Moses at right wing back. No one's taking him, but he, he was, he was terrific for them. Like, right. Uh, so that's it. Yeah. I'll take Valencia, Bellerine, uh, both the city fullbacks. 
um, Coleman, a maybe, and I think I had another one in there. Well, I should really be writing these down. <laughs> you should think, hey, it's fine. We can, you know, whatever. Repeat them. Who cares? Yeah, we're not being yeah, ju- we're start, not being I'm judged gonna start, here. I'm gonna I'm gonna start writing them down. All right, just for everyone's sake here. Okay, uh, yeah. So that's right back. Should we go? Should we hit center back? Okay. So for se- center back, we'll just we'll just do them all. So the we'll other just, thing here, I guess, to think about is at least on my end, it's possible we could be playing with three back and so i mean position wise like i don't know what they're gonna what it's gonna look like this year but but we could feel free to just you know continue the conversation and i can show my ignorance that i don't really know that much no no just just approach it in like the simplest way just right. what center backs right now do you think are better and or like equal to your to your current okay so do you want me to go first sure go ahead All right. so we got a bit of a question mark right now we have one we really only have one center back who uh, I mean, at least has played one season with the team and has been at least somewhat positive uh, for for the most part. And that's Eric Bailly. Uh mm. They brought in Lindelof. He, I mean, who knows? It's, it sounds like what's going to happen is Mourinho's going to do the same thing he did last year with Mkhitaryan and maybe kind of put the training wheels on for the first half of the season. And maybe he's going to play a lot. Maybe he won't. Uh, in which case, you'll probably see a lot of Smalling, um, Rojo when he's back. Hopefully a little bit less of Phil Jones, um, and then probably <laughs> probably Daily Blind as well. Um, and then I think I mean there's other guys that'll play on the left. But for me, uh, I like Bai. Uh, I don't know much about Lindelof, um, only from sort of reading up on him that he's he looked when I watched the um, the Super Cup the other day. He looked like a little guy, but it, it sounds like he's fairly strong in the back. Mm. Um, but I guess we'll see. I think uh, the guys that I had, um, as much as I hate him. Uh, David Luiz, Sideshow, Sideshow Bob. Um, I think Vertonghen with uh, Spurs. Um, mm. Alderweireld as well with Spurs. Um, and then, I mean, it depends. When he's healthy, I feel like as, as ugly as he is and as much as I hate looking at his bald, stupid head, um, I think Vincent <laughs> Company, I think he's still, he's still very, very good if he's actually on the field. So, oh, yeah, he's quality. And then you've got also uh, coming into to city as well benjamin mendy as well i don't know he's another guy i don't know a lot about but uh, uh he's, he's, a, he's a left back he's, he's a left, left back. back okay yeah all right there you go so for me um i like by i'd bring in uh the sideshow bob and then one of those yeah. spurs defenders as well probably Bo- one or two of them yeah you said well, both. i mean both i mean I, yeah, yeah, yeah sure bring yeah. in both if i can but okay okay let's go through the teams here so who will i have so uh, at Chelsea, I'll have Sideshow Bob. I think Sideshow Bob is really, really good, but he's really, really good in a three. If he's with a two, mm-hmm. or if he's in a two, he yeah, he almost has too much responsibility. But when he's when he's in a three, he can he gives you so much going forward as well. I mean, the free kicks, Liverpool found that out the hard way last year, but it's also kind of. He has such a motor. Like he, he's played, he's played holding midfield as well, and he just kind of, and he has a kind of presence to him that, like I think, I think he was one of the most important things with Chelsea winning the league. So I'll take Sideshow Bob. I'm gonna take Alder Vireld. I think Jan Vertonghen's good playing next to Alder Vireld, mm-hmm. but I don't think I, I think that Jan Vertonghen. I don't know. I think he can be found out. I'm not gonna take him uh, at City. Yeah, I'll take company. Uh, Man United, ooh. You're not taking anybody? See, Eric Bailly looks a really, really good player. But do, at this moment, do I think he's better than either Lovren or Matip? I mean, I don't think Lovren is that good. I think Matip is good. Uh, I'm going to... 
I just don't see a significant upgrade over Lovren for by right now. Fair, but but I'm watching that space for sure because okay. I think he's really really good, and I also think that Victor Lindelof, although he's been a little bit ropey so far, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna pull through. He's gonna be more like the ball playing center back to to Bailly's sort of strength, even though Bailly is a graceful player. Okay. Um, Arsenal taking no one. They're made of pretzels back there. <laughs> uh, uh, and then I think I think who do the they have? Who is, is their back? Is it Murtasaker? Uh, I think it's Murtasaker, Mustafi, uh, Mustafi, and uh, and I think Holding. I think Rob Holding is oh, gonna, okay. might be like their other one okay. that they have. So uh, they haven't bought anybody. And oh, the other, Kolasin- the oh, other Kolasinich. Se- oh, but he's is he on the left? Yeah, he, he's. I think they bought they brought him in for uh, to be a wing back. Yeah, man. I think they're going to also play three, three at the in back the, in the community shield. I feel like he did. Yeah, he scored. Yeah, he he. They got him in on a free, and I honestly like, I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable what soccer players do. I I had no idea who this guy was. <laughs> like I had absolutely no idea. Um, and I'm gonna take the guy. Hopefully that I. I hope that Liverpool end up getting right. it, and that's Virgil van Dijk, who I think is the best center back in the league. Uh, and I'll be absolutely ecstatic if we get him and absolutely distraught if we don't. Now, he's the guy who they uh, – earlier on they said, like, yeah, okay, we, we're tampering. We're not going to talk to him anymore. And now it's at the point where they just did enough early on where he wants out. He's not even – he hasn't shown up. They let him <laughs> sit out right now, and he's waiting to see where he's going to go. Well, yeah, I, I think what happened is that a Klopp met him, I think, in, in, in Blackpool, which is, I, I don't know what it is. It, it, it might be Harrison Hot Springs, for all I know here. <laughs> but, like, just to talk to him. And I think that talk went a long way because basically what they were trying to do, and I think this is actually going on a lot in the league right now, and in, actually in all, of, in all of soccer, it's that because everybody sort of has money, what you want to do is you want to talk to the player beforehand so that you can convince them to come to you. So that, it, like, for example, if Liverpool convinced Virgil van Dijk uh, to come play for them and only them, Ch- Chelsea don't want to go and buy him because they don't want to get in a bidding war because they know that you know they can put all this money on the table, but it's not gonna it's not gonna it's not gonna go anywhere. Right. Like he doesn't want to come. So what you what you actually want to do, and and you want to spend as little as possible because money goes a long way. So you actually want to talk to the guy initially so that. Basically, there's only one guy gunning for this player, mm-hmm. and then and that's what Liverpool did, and Southampton were onto that, and they had evidence that Liverpool were tampering, and then right away Liverpool were forced to make an apology because that risk, if they didn't, that risked the transfer ban. Right, it's kind of like those football players in the NFL who who the deadline open or the day opens for free agency, and they sign like thirty, like a twelve oh one the next right. day, and it's like, well, what do you mean? You've already discussed your con- like. I don't understand how none of that ever gets dealt with because like what do you mean you just had your whole contract negotiations in like 30 seconds and signed the guy like you know i honestly think the transfer window could be so much shorter and the same business would get done like i think that the, because the transfer window is so long like right. that's why shit gets dragged out mm-hmm. because they know they have the time to like you know make people wait and get cold feet and stuff like that so that's why if you're a spurs fan you're not panicking right now you're probably Ooh. panicking a little bit but you, you at least what? have hope that the next three weeks can bring something <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to that. All we'll right. get to that a little later. So Let's, the only uh, name, let me let me just throw one name, and neither of us mentioned. I'm surprised that you didn't actually, uh, okay. and that's Jose Font. Oh yeah, he, why are you surprised that I didn't say? Because he's Portuguese. Because he's Portuguese. I remember Bro, you I mentioned. Would... I remember you bringing up bringing him up last year. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long year. 
Like Matt, I would love, I would love to say Jose Font. I would love to, but oh, he's nowhere near it now. He's had, a, he's had an awful year. And if you ask, he got transferred to West Ham yeah. in January. Yeah. And if you go on like West Ham forums, he's like their number one like guy they pick on now. Really? Because he's been so bad. Yeah, yeah. I would. Uh, yeah, no. This is this is kind of off topic, but Portugal have a huge problem at centre back because basically all their all their decent centre backs are like thirty two and over. They need some young blood quick. But yeah, yeah. No, he's 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 nowhere near for me. Okay. All right. Well, let's go to left back. Why don't you kick the, Why don't you kick it off? Okay. Let's go through them. So Chelsea, they have that. They have the Alonso. Oh, Alonso, see, he's a wing back, but I'll, I'm going to take a Spilicueta for sure because okay. I think he's I think he's a terrific defender. He plays in their three, he plays a center back, but he's good enough to play either one. I think he's a really good player. I think Gary Neville on Sky Sports said that he was the main reason why, or no, he said that he was the best defender in the league, basically, which was really interesting. I, he was a, Gary Neville was a right back himself, so that just mm-hmm. might be you know like a, a minor preference for fullbacks. Okay, so I'm gonna take Men- I'm gonna take uh, Spilicueta, uh, Benjamin Mendy for sure because he was a freight train for uh, Monaco last year. Dude, Benjamin Mendy when he starts playing, I think he's gonna get a huge reputation in England because he's so he's so north south. Like he's such an I'm surprised actually that Pep bought him because I always thought of Pep's players like they have to have like those smooth Odell Beckham like mm-hmm. like you know hips. This guy is an absolute freak. Like he's gonna, he bulldozes people. Uh, but I'm taking him because I think he's 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 phenomenal in what he does. Espilicueta, uh man, you doesn't really have anybody. I mean, <laughs> man, you've got I, nobody. I mean, they got. I, they, and I'm gonna mention this. I you know what I'll I save should, it. I'll save it. You man, go first. I should I should be taking Luke Shaw. Right. That's what I was gonna in, say. In, in an ideal world, I yeah. should be taking Luke Shaw, but I'm not taking Luke Shaw. You're taking Luke um, Shaw on paper. Yeah. Like what but he should, looks like what he should be. But it looks like he's made of paper, and that's yeah. why I'm not taking <laughs> uh, Ooh, Leighton Baines, two years ago, I might have taken. Doesn't look like there's much quality, though, here, Matt. I mean, no. Uh, but, and, and but the Liverpool, one guys, I mean, Liverpool have James Milner and yeah. this new guy, Andrew Robertson. So that's going to actually force me to, to dig a little deeper into right. this well of no quality. So I'm going to take Leighton Baines uh, at Everton, sadly. I'm going to take Ryan Bertrand at Southampton. And I think that's it. Is there anybody from Arsenal that I want? Do I want Monreal? Oh, man. You know what? I might even take Monreal. Liverpool's left back is that bad. I, I hope this Robertson kid, though, solves some of the problems. So I think the only name, and this is the guy that I wanted, um, and I, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, is uh, Tottenham's Danny Rose. He was my... <laughs> My left back replacement for you know whoever we I mean Darmian Blind Shaw whoever it is. That's a phenomenal shout. I should have mentioned him. And I think he's actually. I mean, he just came out today and said something about like he doesn't. He wants yeah. out. Or he wants. He, he, cri- yeah. he criticized the transfer policy. Right. That was huge because like dude, all this. I mean, I said we we're going to get into this later, but like with Tottenham, I was always under the impression that they were all sort of they were all sort of sold on this idea like it's just going to be us together like this squad doing it. Mm-hmm. But it looks like no, like some some people already are starting to smell a little foul play here from the owner. So there's, you know, I just searched Danny Rose, and the first article that came up was an article titled "Manchester United reportedly ready to offer <laughs> Luke Shaw for in an offer for Danny Rose." So there you go. So maybe maybe oh, they listened to me and already put it out there. Well, Pochettino has done wonders with 
with English players. Maybe he he would do another with Shaw and uh, Danny Rose, already ready-made, can slide right into Because we know that Mourinho likes them ready-made. Right. And I guess the other so, – so I said we have – right now I feel like Mourinho likes Darmian. He's the guy who seems to start in bigger games at, at this point. And then there's Shaw. There's – Maybe I mean that's why I think they want to go to three in the back because there's just not enough good options there, uh, and right. they've got who, who, um, Ashley Young as well. I think. Who would they play at left wing back if they go three at the back? Um, that's like <laughs> if they sign. I don't know. They play like Perisic on the wing was one thing They're I read right. is playing is yeah, if they yeah, were to they get might. Perisic, put him on the wing. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they could do that. Perisic, I think, is is a is a classic Mourinho type player because he he would be, he would basically be the Jesse Lingard in 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 their formation. Like he'd be the guy who like the hard like he's a great player, but he's like the more hardworking winger that could go on the road and like put a shift in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. It's pretty, pretty weak. Though. Pretty weak in the left side and left back right now. Yeah, for sure. All all across, the, probably all across the world right now. Actually, I don't think there's a ton of really good left backs. Okay, so let's go to the middle. Let's go to the middle. So we'll go defensive mid. Okay. We'll go for basically. So I don't. I don't want to. So we'll go. We'll try to divide it up. We'll go defensive mid. Uh, ooh, I actually don't know, Matthew. Do you just want to go midfielders and sure. then attacking attacking midfielders? Okay, I mean, let's let's, go, let's just go. Forward. Yeah, sure. Why don't you just go mid and then attacking okay. mid? Okay. So. Starting with the champions, um, Chelsea, I'll have Kante. Um, the new guy they brought in, he hasn't played a minute in the league, uh, but I'm having him because I saw him. And it's it's the, it's the, uh, one of the things that pissed me off more than anything this summer was uh, they, they sold Bakayoko, and then they bought uh, Monaco, I'm talking about, sold Bakayoko, yeah. and then bought Tillmans, and basically said, oh, like, you know, this guy's a really nice player. He's going to be an upgrade on Bakayoko. If anybody watched Monaco's run this year in the Champions League, this guy is, I mean, it's good that Chelsea are getting this because losing John Terry and Diego Costa, they've lost a whole bunch of bastardry. This guy is going to be their new bastard, I think. Like, this guy is tough. This guy could be the next Patrick Vieira. In midfield, I think he's. I think he's that good. I think he's maybe not as skilled as that, but he's definitely that. He's just that strong presence, and and he's next to Kante. Uh, see how anyone's going to win battles in midfield against that team. So I'm taking Bakayoko, Kante in Tottenham. Ooh, I'm not taking Dyer. No, I might take. I'm, I might. I'm going to take. I'm going to take um, Musa Dembele. I'm okay. Take Dembele. You didn't have a great uh, season last year. A lot of height. No, he didn't. didn't he didn't. And he's yeah, he's he's an injury-prone player. He's like yeah. one of these guys. He's like people say he's a match of the day type player because he can look incredible. But you know when he's when he's on song, I think he looks. I mean, he's got a he's got an engine that I I don't think many rival. Man City, oh Man City have a ton. So we're we're not doing we're not well actually we're not doing attacking players no, yet. We're not, really doing, just we're not doing attacking. Point, right? He's the, the, yeah, and dude, yeah. I'm not taking him. I, no. I'm not taking Toure. I, no. I would rather have. I'm happy with Liverpool's midfield right now. Um, uh, enough to not take Toure. Uh, and Man U, okay. Um, Pogba, obviously, and I'm, well, I'm taking. That's the thing with Pogba is now with what's with what they've added, he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be playing a lot further up the field, like in the ten position. I mean, maybe not in the ten position, but he's gonna. I think it's gonna be like, like he's gonna a, be the like, furthest forward midfielder. 
Oh yeah, I think it'll be Herrera yeah. and Matic, uh, and okay. yeah, Matic behind him okay. playing back. Okay, and, and maybe I won't talk about him yet. Then I mean, uh, feel feel free to, but I, that's just okay. the way I see it. See it sort of playing out. I'll I'll save him for now. Uh, okay. I'm taking Herrera. I mean, some of these players just stand out just because I think they're good enough. Um, I, I don't. I, I think I've always thought of Herrera more than you do. I think. I think I wouldn't be surprised me if he's he's made captain. I mean, he, to me, he's just a yeah. guy who he, he he gets it. Like I've seen him in interviews after big wins against big teams, and he basically, you know, he has this snarl on his face. I know. I know you think he looks feminine, but he's got no, this I, snarl. I, I, I bought into him in this. You know, after uh, you know, starting to actually watch in the second half of last year, he was always playing basically a one-on-one battle against whoever the top top guy was on the other squad. Yes. And he was just yeah, marking yeah. them like man-to-man the whole game, um, like an energizer bunny. And I think, um, yeah, I, I'm giving him more credit than I did at the start of last year. And I think you're right. The rumor was that he would he was going to take over the, the armband, but it looks like Carrick's going to do it at least for the, his last season probably if, mm. if, if he's finally gone after it. I mean, that's right. I heard that. I heard they made Carrick captain. I don't, think right. he, I don't know if Carrick's going to even play a game. We'll see. But. Yeah, I mean, like John Terry was captain, sitting on the bench the whole the right. whole season. So I, I don't know how much that means. Matic is an interesting one. Matic, I, I I think Matic is a great player. I think that I respect him. I think he's a winner, but I'm not taking him. I just don't think that Liverpool need that kind of player um, for their system. Like Liverpool needs a much more fluid. Um, I mean, like Liverpool don't play with a classic, you know, defensive DM. Mourinho's teams do. I respect what Matic does, but I'm going to pass on him. I wanted to say one more thing about Herrera. He's just a guy like you can. He's one of these guys who you'd imagine he'd look at his own teammates and they would raise their game, right? Just because they know how much he's doing, like how yeah. hard he's working. Uh, Arsenal. Um, Granite Jacka in preseason is supposed to be the business, but I'm not sold on him yet, despite the hefty price tag. If Cazorla's healthy, I think he's a no-brainer. He might be one of those the best eights in the league, up there with Coutinho and Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, no one from Everton. Uh, Danny Drinkwater <laughs> might be a shot. Might be a shot if Liverpool's midfielder if midfield wasn't you know if I wasn't as happy with it as I am, then I I would pat I would take him but you know we're pretty strong so i'm gonna pass on him and i think that's it matt yeah i think for me the only guy who i would re- like the thing for me is looking at united last year versus this year matic matic was the perfect guy to bring in like he's can gonna- i just can, can i just interrupt for a second yeah. and say that I, I think i've picked like three four or five man U players i don't think you've picked one liverpool player yet no because <laughs> liverpool i mean liverpool's strength is the, their their you know front four like their offense right like liverpool's mm-hmm. got nothing going on in the back end they won how many games last year did they win like four two five three five four yeah. Like if you're yeah. pulling anybody, it's somebody from the front line or, or attacking midfield. But yeah, so don't worry, I'll get there. Fair enough. No, fair enough. No, I, I wasn't. I, I just think it's interesting. <laughs> I think. I just uh, think. No, I just think the game. This game reveals so much. Yeah, um, I think so. For me, the only guy who I like, I was going to say there, Matic was a guy who you bring him in, you release Pogba to do. Like last year, it just seemed like they brought a guy in, paid him whatever it was, ninety-eight million pounds um, to. And everyone just thought he was going to do everything. And I don't think he's really that guy. And so you, you put Matic, you put Herrera behind him. They they play a little bit more stalwart in the back and get the ball to him in the middle. And then he feeds it up to those front three um, or tries one of his audacious 30-yard curlers. Um, <laughs> but I think the only guy who I'd probably slot in there would be uh, would be Con- uh, Conte. Mm. 
That's what I would say, at least in the Premier League right now. And Jack is a guy who I think if he chills out and stops getting red cards every five games, um, plays a little bit more patient, he could be. I mean, I think, like you were saying, the preseason this year has been really strong. Um, if he so plays well, Arsenal could be. He, he'd be. I think he's a guy who Arsenal, aside from Lacazette, Arsenal, like their, their mm. quality this year is going to rely on him. Mm, for sure. So, Matt, right now, are you just sort of doing Kante's position or also, I mean, Matic's position or also Herrera's? I would say Herrera as well. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I would I would keep Herrera on the, on the field, like you said. He, he proved himself in the second half of last year. I think he's a guy who elevates everybody on his team. Um, so if you, threw, if you threw Conte and Herrera back there behind Pogba, I'd be pretty happy with that. Wow, so there's only two midfielders in the league that you would take... In terms of defensive infielders, or or and just uh, that sort of box to box too. Yeah, who I mean, who like so Liverpool would be who like Henderson. You you would have Henderson, Chan, and right. although uh, it sounds like Chan might be on his way out. It does. I think I think that's just that's posturing though. I think we have to keep him. Uh, Chan, and Henderson, Wynaldum. Wynaldum. You're not taking. You're not taking any of them. Mm. Hender is Henderson healthy? Is he? Gonna, he's healthy. Yeah. He's healthy. He's he's good to go. Okay. All right. Well, prove me wrong then. Okay, interesting. I, I, I think it's I think it's a great needle. And G, and Wijnaldum is he's young, right? He's he's yeah. He's I think he's in his prime. I think he's twenty six. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's go attacking midfielders okay. then. Let's let's go with players that uh, either play the furthest of the midfield three or in sort of the three behind the one. So we're so this is also. There's going to be a lot of players here. Yes. I, 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 we're also going to do wingers, basically. Okay, so let me, do... let me throw a few guys out here, and I'll let you. I'll, I'll throw out a few names, and then I'll let you take over and you know, pummel and, me with and, the rest of them. And okay, so Chelsea, uh, I feel like you've got Willian and Pedro there. I'm not taking them over Pogba at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm taking them probably. Uh, I mean, Mkhitaryan, he kind of much like Herrera the second half of last last season. I thought he was very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I should mention one other thing. So yeah. we're not we're not going to take people that are like just a patter squad. We're we're taking we're only taking people that we think are better or equal to what we have, basically. Okay. Okay. So that's so, all right. So here's okay. So I'll throw all my names then. So the okay. guys that I would take on my squad to make my team better: Kevin De Bruyne from Man City, hmm. and I would take Della Ali from Spurs. Del Ali, I, th- I feel like ar- you could argue that he, and, and I wouldn't even think it was an argument, that he was better than Pogba last year. I okay. feel like Ali last year, in terms of in terms of like an attacking midfield, I think he is arguably the best, was the best in the league. Mm. He's a strange kind of player, because usually with number 10s, you think of a guy who, you know, gets the ball under on, on his feet, uh, looks up, picks out a pass. This is this is just a guy who I mean he can do that I don't think he's actually excellent at that at that but what he does is he just gets in the box and scores yeah like he scores tons and tons of goals like he's gonna score probably for sure he's gonna score fifteen or more mm-hmm. and he play and he's, he's he doesn't even play on the forward line just so interesting the way you know he he has that kind of Lampard esque timing. Where he just sort of he gets he gets his head on on, on balls he he ha, he's one of these really good intuitive players I think he's I think he's pretty unique in the league in the way he plays I think there's a lot better ball playing number tens than he 
you know, but I, but well, no, he's quality for sure. I think with Spurs too, you've got a guy next to him, Erickson, who does that. That's what he does. He's, mm. you know, like, I think he had what, like, he had like 22 or 23, he said something stupid assist number last year and his for 10 sure. or 12 Good goals point. or something. But for that's sure. that's his job. And then Ali basically plays like a glorified, I mean, like a, like a forward, forward mid or whatever you want to call it, like a number 10 there. Yeah. Where he gets up and, and plays a little bit further up the field. Okay. What I'm thinking right now is, like okay, let's just do attacking mids then for now because if if you're taking Kevin De Bruyne and Deli Ali over, but we haven't touched wingers, and it shocks me that you you know you wouldn't take any of you know Man City's wingers. So let's just because you would, you'd have to. I mean, their quality. Yeah. So who who are there? So is is Gabriel Jesus? Is he like that's the thing? So I don't. So my he, he's, my, he's more he's more of a striker. We'll, okay. we'll save that. We'll just go. We'll just go attacking that, but play basically in the center right now. So that's purely so, based on my ignorance of of soccer positions and just knowing okay. that the you know like fullback, winger, <laughs> midfield, attacking midfield, and then forward striker. Well, okay, but you're that makes sense. So you have Pogba. He's pretty I have great. Pogba. You, you, I'll take De Bruyne and I'll take Ali, Dele, and that'll be my three in the middle. Okay, I want to say one thing about Pogba. Um, I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic this year. I think he is like, as I, well. I think that I think that the British the British media love to do this, where you know a guy he wasn't even that bad. No, like, like a lot of games that I watched with Man U, he was their best player. But the British media love to do this. They love to they love to say this line. Oh well, he. He, he can't make it in our league, right? I mean, after they well, after they whined when they let him go, and then begged for them to get him back, right? And uh, they're gonna their sort of whines are gonna be premature because I think he's gonna. I think he needed a year to bet in. I mean, there was so much pressure. I mean, there were games where basically on the you know the advertising boards around the field were like his emojis. <laughs> so like, how how do you play? Well, like looking all around the field is your face like doing weird shit because it's emojis and it just must mess with your head. Yeah, and the uh, team wasn't built very well last year, and it was no. Like, yeah, you know, they, like I don't he, even know they know. I don't even think they knew what to do with him. No, they didn't know what to do with him. And then like Ibrahimovic, like sure he scored whatever it was, twenty six or however many goals, but a lot of those. Uh, like, you know, getting the ball right on his foot and scoring. Like, that was his thing. It wasn't so much working. And, and I feel like Pogba's play is more running give-and-goes and that kind of thing. And I don't think that – I don't know. It just seemed like – and this is maybe a where I'll get to later on with Mourinho of his, like, you know, come into a team and then build up a team and in his second year he'll come out and actually have his team the way that he wants it. And so hopefully mm. that works out this year. And, and I think Matic will be a guy who allows Pogba not have to worry about dropping back so far. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I have Coutinho with that position. Okay. You have Paul, but I have Coutinho, and he's a guy now. who I would take as obviously would take as well. Okay. So he plays in. So would you take him along with Deli Ali and uh, and uh, Kevin De Bruyne because he is that position. So are you taking the him same? As well? well, I would say he slots it. I mean, I wouldn't. I would not trade Paul before him, but he's a guy who would be in the conversation, obviously. Okay. So I have Coutinho. I'm not going to take Deli Ali. I'm going to take. Uh, I'll take Pogba and. Oof. I'll take him and De Bruyne as well. Um, I want to, I want to, you know, put my Portuguese blanket on and say I'll take Bernardo Silva because he's going to be a hell of a signing for Man City, but not just yet. He's got a lot to prove because there's a lot of quality right now in the league at that position. Uh, yeah, those two. Uh, I think Pogba's that good. He, he's a little bit, he's a little bit different than um, 
than your classic 10 in that he can also he should you look at him and you think he's a tower he should be able to play all over the midfield and I think he can but I think he needs to do it in sort of a David Luiz way like he needs to play in a three he needs that freedom and he basically needs to be able to to sort of go where he wants to go yeah well you've seen him I feel like we saw him last year and even back with with um, Juventus as well like he, he can drop way back and he can play balls 40 45 yards up the pitch right on the guy's feet and so he yeah. can he can make those plays from from a little further back but I think if you get him up a little further get him to run like run with those top three guys and move the ball <laughs> in little quick passes back and forth I feel like that's his wheelhouse like he's he's not even my player he's he's a player of the enemy team man you Liverpool he's a player of the enemy team but I'm actually sort of sick because like he played he played absolute shit against Liverpool last year. Like, he, that was the game where he handballed and they got the penalty. Oh, right. Basically. Tried to go for the header. Right, 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 right. So I've basically been listening to a Liverpool podcast all summer and even during the season, basically saying how shit this guy is. And I just think you, you, you just you don't don't talk like that. It's going <laughs> to come back to bite you, man. Careful. It's going to come back to bite you. Let's do wingers. Okay. Is there, so the other, I mean, other names like, and this is, I don't know. No, you didn't mention Erickson at all. Or are you not? You're, you're like, eh. He's. I just feel like Coutinho is the same kind of player, except yeah, better. Okay. All right. Fair. Okay. Move along. And uh, I'm also not taking the 50 million pound price Sigurdsson. I'm not taking him either. Right. And he hasn't moved yet, but he's <laughs> he's is he going to Everton? Is that right, or where's he going? I think the way I'm hearing Everton fans, I think that they're going to be pretty crushed if they don't get him. But yeah, they, okay. they might have to pay all 50 million. All right. Okay, let, let me start. Let me start wingers here okay. because I think it's going to be the shorter list. Um, Mohamed Salah has had an, a, a terrific preseason so he far has. for Liverpool. He's looked really, really good. And and what made what should scare the league is that you know uh, Sadio Mane was interviewed and they asked him who's faster and he said unequivocally Salah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, it sounds like he's the consensus for best buy of any Premier League team so far this year. Yeah, for the money, man. Yeah, that's a good shout. I think, and I think with how much bang Liverpool are going to get out of that, because because this what this what this signing has done is it's it's basically like two signings. Because what it's done is it's given us that pace. Now, if Mane or Salah get injured, uh, we still have one of them. And Liverpool played their worst football last year when Mane was hurt, and we really had no one to replace his pace. Now, hopefully, we'll always have at least one of them, if not two when we really, you know, want to, you know, stretch the field. Mm-hmm. But the other thing the signing does is it moves Coutinho back into where I think he should be into midfield because he's, he played as a winger for the most part. He played in the front three with, uh, uh, with Liverpool for the most of the season. And I think, although he was, you know, pretty prolific from there, he's way better in a midfield position. And I think that might be the key if they stay healthy, uh, for a, for a really really successful Liverpool season, so the 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 winger list is going to be short for me for sure. Let's see. I'm going to take Sane from Man City because I think he's that good. Um, see, if we were doing this same game last year, I would have taken Martial, but right, not, any, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Um, I mean, should I consider Rashford a striker or? or I, mean, I think gonna, I mean you're because of Lukaku, you're considering him a winger at this point. You know what though? I'm gonna I'm gonna call him a striker because if he was playing on my team, he'd be playing striker. So I'm I'm not I'm not gonna do him yet. Uh, Arsenal, I'm having nobody. Uh, ooh, Sanchez. Um, hmm. 
Who knows? Okay. He might not have to make that decision if he's on his way out. Yeah, you know what? I'll 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 I'll, I'll have him. I'll, it'll be it'll be. Oh, oh, you'll have him, will you? You'll have him, like begrudgingly. Have you'll have him. I'll have him. Bring, tell him Liverpool's nice. Let him come over here. Right. Uh, Hazard, I forgot. I almost forgot about him. Hazard. Yeah, almost, uh, I almost got a sneaky pick in there before it came, before it came to me. Hazard, um, Sane, and Sanchez. That, that's quite that's quite a trifecta there. But I think that's all I'm taking. Okay, so I don't have. I mean, at this point for uh, for United, it's Rashford and Mkhitaryan. I feel like my list is going to be quite a bit longer. Um, Hazard, I've got Mane. Uh, the only one of the names he didn't mention was Son from Spurs. I, I would. Mm. I yeah, would he's take, a sneaky good player. That yeah, guy. he is. Uh, I would take Son. I would take Coutinho if he's playing on the outside. I would take Sanchez. Uh, I would take... Is Arnautovic still... St- he's still a Stoke, right? He, he moved to West Ham, but that's okay, a good show. Okay, he moved show. to West Ham. Okay, so I take Arnautovic probably as well. Um, Arnautovic, Arnautovic is going to come up in this conversation uh, in the future, like during this pod when we talk about Tottenham. Right, so, okay. And then I, I would probably take Willian as well. Ooh, that's interesting, yeah. Uh, and you I know, think... Yeah, I think, I think I think Mkhitaryan like Pogba is going to be a guy that has a much better second year. But at the same time, I do think that I think that in Mourinho's system, he would be best as a 10. Like, I don't think that. Yeah. I I just don't think that, um, that he's going to be able to maximize what he can offer at the position Mourinho plays him in this system. But he's. I, I think. I still think he's gonna. He's gonna be a, a, you know, pretty productive for them. And then two other names that you didn't bring up, and that you know they'd be toss ups with. Fit. I mean, maybe I won't fit him in right away, but they're guys that I like are uh, Shakiri, who is like a highlight reel, mm. highlight reel machine. He's like five he foot is. two. He's like a little midget, but some of his <laughs> freak, some of his goals from like some of his free kicks from like 30, 40 yards out are, are disgusting. I hate his stupid celebrations though, where he just like crosses his arms and like yeah, and he just looks like such a goof when everyone he around does. him is he like looks so two weird. feet taller than him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the other name I wanted to throw out there was uh, Lanzini from West Ham as well. Oh, good shout, Matt! That's a really good shout. I think I think he's more of a ten too, but that's a really good shout. I think if if the worst happens, if the worst happens, and Barcelona get Coutinho this window, which I don't think they would. I think if I think if Neymar was sold a month earlier, they would consider selling Coutinho. But now it's just. It's way too late in the transfer. Like even if even if Liverpool get like a hundred and something million pounds for them, like who are they going to buy? They can't even spend the money they have right now. Right. Like it, yeah. I don't know. I just it just seems like it's way too soon. And Klopp is coming out making noises like for sure, like we're not selling him. And I think if they do sell him, they're going to make Klopp look like a fool. And I think that as like that is not the right image you want to be sending about Klopp at this stage to Liverpool fans. Like they could, could get really really ugly with the owners. Yeah. All right. Forwards? Forwards. Okay, I'll start. Okay. Uh, I have Firmino. Not everyone sold on Firmino. I think he's great in our system because he works hard. We sort of play with a false nine. But, I mean, he could score more goals. So, at this stage, I'm not having Morata, even though he costs that much money. I'm not having Morata. I'm not having Michi. I'll move on to Spurs. I'll have Harry Kane. I'll have both Jesus and Sergio Aguero. I'll have Lukaku. I'll have, um, hmm, I'll take Lacazette, although I think Lacazette might struggle 
at first. I'll take him. Um, I'm not taking Vardy. That's it. You got to take Okay. So for me, uh, beyond Lukaku, I would say Kane. Uh, like you, Murata's got to prove something first. Um, I wouldn't take Lacazette over Lukaku either. No. Uh, I think that's. I think Kane would, and then I mean maybe Jesus, but I don't know. I don't even know if I take Aguero over Lukaku. Mm. Would you take? Uh, go ahead. Would you take? I was gonna say Sanchez, but we sort of already covered him. At, yeah, I feel like yeah. if I, if I'm going one for one swap, the only guy I'm taking over Lukaku at this point is probably Kane. Yeah, and it's funny because like Kane's a guy who on paper he doesn't thrill you. No, he just scores goals. He just scores. He Although, just scores, and he's one of Tottenham's own. How yeah. many uh, how many penalty kick goals did he have last year? Ooh, man. I, mean, I, feel, like, I feel like every highlight I saw from Harry lot. Kane was... <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that was a that was just trying to throw you under the bus a little bit. I feel like That's every awesome. highlight I saw from Harry Kane last year was a penalty kick goal. But Yeah, I mean, no, he's, he's one of those fox-in-the-box type places. Like, he's not a guy who you see, like, for example, you know, Aguero in his pomp, or even Sanchez... You don't see him creating his own chances to score. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like he's sort of a guy. Like he's going to rely on his. He's going to rely on Dele Ali. He's going to rely on Son to sort of get himself in in positions. I mean, he can turn and shoot. Like he he can beat one guy, but he's not going to beat two. Yeah, I wonder how. I wonder that'd be an interesting stat. I wonder if they track this of like goals scored uh, with like one dribble or less. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's out there for sure. Now that North America's North American sports are into all these. Yeah. You know, ridiculous stats. I feel like that's got to be something they're tracking. For sure. Like, uh, soccer's become so much more, like, stat analytics-based because, I think, of North American sports. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, All right. So, any other, any other thoughts? Uh, you know, I have I feel like I've taken many more players from Man U than you have from Liverpool. That's fine. I actually don't think that there's a there's that much between them. The teams, but in terms of personnel, it is what it is. So I took more, definitely. Yeah, I feel like uh, we've got a couple. I mean, I don't know. We've got a couple bigger names, but uh, a lot of question marks, especially at the back. I mean, we we both do, I guess. Liverpool and and United both have questions at the back. If Liverpool can get Virgil Van Dijk, yeah, I just think that that's going to be so enormous to to every to basically everything our whole our prospects this season the statement it's going to make to people i mean we already we already got you know rejected by leipzig for nabi Keita. we need we need one of these two signings to go through that we've been chasing all summer that, i right. mean like, these aren't we haven't we haven't like gone for these players on whims like we've literally these have been the two players all summer plus salah we've gotten one of the three we need one more what you need is a trophy oh <laughs> he said he says bathing in his Europa and whatever the other yeah do we EFL or yeah EFL Cup last year I think that's the the two that you the big two trophies that United won this is a, this is a perfect to- a segue into top six predictions the okay. first thing the first thing I want to say is this first thing I want to say is this if Manchester United don't win the league this year. Mourinho's streak is broken. It will be the first time in six attempts that he hasn't won the pre- the league that he's in in his second year. That's that's pretty incredible, isn't it? It is like, very incredible. Okay, okay. So like the Portuguese league is one thing. 
basically, you know, if you're if you're that good a coach, it's a three team league. Okay, you can you can win the league. Then he moves to England. He moves to England. He wins it there. Then he moves to Italy. He wins it there. So it was he moves, Porto, Chelsea, it was Porto, Inter, Chelsea, Inter, Real Madrid, back to Chelsea, Chelsea again. again. And, and then, now and this now is Manchester United. United. Okay. <laughs> That's just remarkable. It's pretty it really impressive. Is. And so there's, there's the kind of mystique to it that if, you know, if Man City hadn't bought in everyone this summer, I would, I would make them complete favorites. As it is for me at this stage, I think Man City is still my favorite to win. So here, I'll, I'll just say my top six right now. So you're going to start then, from then, the top. You're going to go from the, the reverse order that anyone ever does any top list ever. You're going to start <laughs> from the top okay. and work your way down. You're right. You're right. I I, I burst that bubble. Okay. Didn't I? So you you caught me. So I'll and do it. I'll do it. Three people who listen to this podcast turned it off at this point because they don't care <laughs> hey, anymore. Matt, you're you're underestimating us. I uh, <laughs> my the student body at the at okay. my school. Okay. Uh, I think I'm, that's why I think I'm trying to keep the swearing down today. Fair enough. Because I think there might be some 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 coverage there. But okay. So in sixth position, because I don't think they've gotten that much better. And now they're going to be playing in the meaningless Europa League, which, which I think they could actually do well in and will probably be their only chance to, to make Champions League. I'm putting Arsenal sixth. Uh, you know what? I'll just say my list and then after we'll get into it. Uh, Arsenal sixth, Tottenham fifth, Liverpool four, Chelsea three, United two, City one. Okay, say that again. Uh, Arsenal six, Tottenham fifth, Liverpool four, uh, Chelsea three, United two, City one. Okay. So shall I just lead right into mine and then we can discuss or? Go into yours and then we'll discuss. Okay. So I am going Arsenal six, Liverpool five, Chelsea four, Spurs three, City two, United one. Say it again, Matt. Uh, Arsenal 6, Liverpool 5, Chelsea 4, Tottenham 3, City 2, United 1. You have United winning the league. I do. Well, of course I do. <laughs> Come on. Look at it. It's like, if I'm not going to be a homer, what's the point? Right. It, it, it's, I think, it, I think, I think they're going to, I think they're going to put, I think the Manchester clubs are going to be fascinating this year. I, well, I agree, and I think we. Uh, I think don't get, get. I'm right in saying we both picked them as the, you picked them as the top two, right? City one, United yeah. two. Okay, so I think that seems to be. The, I mean, there are people who. I mean, it's question marks, right? Like, who knows what Lukaku is going to do? Who knows how City's back back end is going to come together? Who knows if Ederson's the answer? Who knows if United's? Uh, you know, if Lukaku goes down, they don't really have an option. Who knows? Maybe they sign Ibrahimovic again and. Uh, there's still a lot of question marks, but I think it seems like general consensus is that's going to be the top two. I think okay, here's what I'll say about the top two: if the winner of the Premier League this year gets 90 points or above, City's City's going to win. Okay. I think I think they have the hot. I think they have the you know the biggest engine. If if the winning team is at 80, let's say 86 points or lower, I think I think United are going to win. I think if it, I think if it gets that close, I feel like just in those big games and just the ability to churn out points and set a side up to do jobs at the end of the season, I think Mourinho will pull it out. So, what about looking at those two teams, saying uh, like what needs to happen for 
city to win? What needs to happen for you? Aside from those point totals, like what do you think in terms of the makeup of the teams uh, and like international competitions and, and other stuff going on? Like what do you, what would you say if there's like one thing that needs to happen for United, one thing for City that needs to that could like sort of solidify their Okay, good question. For City, I think it's simple. The the people they brought in, they just need them to do what they were brought in to do. Okay. So so I mean City finished third last year. That's pretty good. I mean it was a pretty strong like uh top of the table last year. Yeah. And they did it with atrocious fullbacks. Like they did it with fullbacks like they could they couldn't even run anymore. They did it with Zabaleta, who bless him, he's been great for City for ten years, but I mean he couldn't even run. They had Sanya, they had uh, Clichy, and all these Company guys for have just, like two months. Right, and all these guys have just they've 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 been bombed out. Right, and they've bought they basically bought a whole new set of fullbacks. They bought Mendy, Danilo, uh, Kyle Walker. They just need these guys to be decent. And um, if Bernard, if Bernardo Silva comes and and is as good as I think he is, I think that so basically they just need their players. To, to 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 reach what the I'm not even going to say their potential because I think they've already they're already at the level. Basically, they need to play at the level that they can play at. Basically, right. And the, and I think they'll win the league. For Manchester United, um, I think they they can win the league too. Like I'm I'm picking City, but I do think Manchester United need to win the league. Mourinho has to find form that I think people some people argue he's lost. He needs to find that form again. He would say, "He would say, yeah, you guys say I've lost it, but I, I, I the last time I won a league was two years ago, right? And then, and then, and then he'd point at Wenger and said, the last time he won a league was I don't know, fifteen years ago. So if, and then he had that line. What did he say? If I have this much to prove, imagine the others. I think was his. <laughs> I think it was his line. But how he needs to, Mourinho needs to be able to go to other top six sides and not just set up to, you know, park the bus and just take a point. Because that's what he did. I was actually shocked. He did that at Anfield last year. I mean, it was early in the season when Anfield, were, when Liverpool were just purring. But I remember the way he came to Anfield, he set his side up basically to be okay, not yeah. getting shots on goal. They were such a mess in the first half of the, I mean, really like kind of the whole year, right up until they just abandoned the Premier League and played for Europa. But the first half was such a mess like he had no idea and it's very similar this year where it seems like none of the top six no none of their managers can say who their top 11 are in game one and really say with certainty that's what it is and so i think for city right now their strength like you said the guys they brought into the back that's going to be their strength and if, if that's your strength in the back and you have guys like jesus and and uh aguero and de bruyne up top um, that's not a bad thing to sort of rest your hat on. But I think for United, it's going to be the midfield. It'll be Pogba, it'll be Herrera, it'll be Matic. That'll be the thing that really, if those three come together in the way that they're sort of expected to, they'll be the thing that sort of stirs the thing. For sure. I, I, man, you need more things to go their way. And it's not it's not, it's not, not a slight on them. Because, because I'm not saying they're lucky things even. They just need people. I think Rashford is going to be the next big thing out of England. Yeah. Like I think he's going to be the next guy who everybody in England is like, okay, this is the next Wayne Rooney. Like this is the next Michael Owen on a level like that, because this is, I'm, I'm kind of assuming something right here, Matt, but basically I think England doesn't want Harry Kane to be their best striker. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, like they're okay with him being there, but you know, in, if you ask, you know, an English, an Englishman, like, 
who who's your best striker? They'll they they'll be forced to say Harry Kane, but is that the guy who they want to be their best striker? He's not he's not pulling up any trees. Like I feel I feel so you know prejudiced saying this because you know he has put up the numbers, but I feel like he just doesn't. England wants somebody to wow you more, like going forward, like throughout their career. And I think yeah. Rashford, I think Rashford is that guy. I think if you're so, England right now and you look at that Ali and Rashford combination as being like mm. something to go in the next like decade, like that's something that you can kind of build or build an offense around. The, hopefully, build an offense around those two guys for sure. I mean, I, I think England are definitely happy with Harry Kane, but like they would like him to be maybe the fourth best player on the team, right? Like if that was the case, they're 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 the happiest fans in the world. Um, what else? What else about Manchester United? Yeah, you're right, Paul. So, so the other thing with United, year. the other thing with United, I think, is if you look at their schedule last year and and their results, especially early in the season, like they started off strong. I think they were three and zero, and then they and then after six games, they were four and two, and then they started to just draw every game. They drew Stoke, right. they drew Liverpool, they drew Burnley, they drew West Ham, they drew Arsenal, Everton, and then they drew Stoke later in the season, Hull City, Stoke, Bournemouth, West Brom, Swansea, Southampton. Like, you can't just be drawing these games zero. Sure, they let, I think they're, they're defensively, they were top or solid. top three in the league, but I think, yeah, I, think Bournemouth, I think Bournemouth scored more goals than United did last year. Oh. And, that's, and that's why I think, even looking at Lukaku, he scored the majority of his goals, I think, were like late in games against bad teams. And and sure, you can say that's a something to sort of like a like an X on his record, but if that, that's exactly what they would have needed last year to get them over that hump. And so hopefully that's that's it's gonna turn those zero zero one one games into victories. Yeah, Mourinho needs to be braver. The back the back uh, the center backs need to sort themselves out. Herrera needs to continue being the closest thing he can be to Roy Keane that Manchester United have had in quite some time. Uh, Pogba needs to be great. Rashford needs to take a step up. Um, I was going to ask you, Matt, why do you think they drew all those games? Because everyone's talking about Ibrahimovic. He's been so divisive for Man U, like how they remember him. A lot of people are saying, oh, the only reason why we were relevant was because of his goals. But other people were saying, you know, he actually, he actually slowed down our attack. Well, I think he wasn't... I think compared to Lukaku, at least, I don't think he's as mobile. Like mm-hmm. he's for sure not. Like he's like he scored goals, but a lot of those, like I said, were ball, balls put on his feet or headers. Where like he, he like you said with Kane, where he's scoring goals, where he's not making moves on his own. And so I think if you take, you know, you move, remove Ibrahimovic, and there are they are saying that he might end up coming back halfway through the yeah, season and join them at the end. But if you replace him with Lukaku and then move Pogba up the field, I feel like you've just got a lot more sort of electricity in the box to. To bury goals, um, and I ho- and hopefully, it, it's a, it's very and, and one of the things I was reading today was comparing to if you took last season and put Louis Van Hall at the helm and then came out of the season and asked United fans like what did you think of last year I think they all would have said fire him and bring somebody else in with the exact same For record sure. the exact same everything yeah. that happened if it wasn't Mourinho's first year it would have been like a cannibal a cannibal year. You think even if Van Hall wins the Europa League, he's going to well, get fired? Well, I mean, I guess I, I guess I mean Premier League exclusively. Okay, yeah, no, for sure. They 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 tied so many home games. I don't, like home games are everything for Man U. Yeah, and like I the think way they perform at the theater. Didn't they have? Wasn't it like a twenty-five game unbeaten run or something? And even with that, because I think half of those games were draws. Or I mean, I don't know what it was. Four, eight. 
12, yeah, I think almost half half or more of those 25 unbeaten games were draws. And like they, in in North American sports in hockey, sure, you can draw, you can tie as much as you want cuz it's one point versus two, but in the Premier League it's one point versus three and that's just throwing points away. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I no, I think Mourinho knows that. He, I mean, he's won so much. He knows that he's going to have to go for more wins. This this he's he's going to have to release more players. Yeah, the the interesting thing I think about United is that like as a fan, you can be happy looking at the team, but I think it's like you've got all these guys who are just above mediocre average. Like, 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 like Martial, like Lingard, like Mata, mm. like these, uh, like Luke Shaw, like who, I mean, even, uh, I mean, I guess Valencia doesn't really fit into that mix, but you've got these guys who, if, if everything, like you said, if everything was to work out, if Shaw turns out to be just slightly better, I mean, not slightly, if he's better than he was last year, if Martial can start doing anything, if Lingard can be, <clears throat> you know, if Lingard could be a little bit better than what he was last, last year, if Rashford can get better, if Lukaku can essentially just do exactly what he did last year. Um, but, but you're right in that they are relying on a lot there, but they are fairly deep. They've got... They are deep. Like what you just said about mediocre to above average, see, you could translate that to just squad depth. Right. Like they have a lot of it. And I look at their bench compared to Liverpool's bench, and yeah. I actually think that that's the biggest difference between the teams right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to say one and more thing of, about, okay, about Lukaku, yeah. actually. Um, what, what you said about comparing him and, and Ibrahimovic, the thing about be, the mobility thing. you just I can just see Lukaku scoring so many more types of goals than Ibrahimovic did. Right. Because the, the, the paradox is that although... Ibrahimovic was is less mobile than Lukaku. He's also a guy that you think would would come back into midfield, like come back deep when shit's not going his way, and just to kind of you know pass the ball around because he's he's a better footballer than Lukaku is, like with his feet. Mm-hmm. But Lukaku, the good thing about Lukaku is, especially under Mourinho, like he will know his place, like he will fight for everything in that box because he knows he still has something to prove to Mourinho. He'll fight for everything in the box. He won't come deep as much. He'll be up there. And if they can if they can get Perisic, if they can get guys who can cross the ball mm-hmm. onto the guy's head, he's going to have a monster season for them. And I think it speaks a lot to Mourinho as well. If you look at the way this window's played out and you look at those two guys, the two most recent additions, Lukaku and Matic, who Lukaku was rumored that I think the whole, up until like two days before signing with United, he was supposed to be, he was penciled in with Chelsea. Mm. And you've got these two yes. guys who you've got a guy leaving last year's champion and a guy who could have joined last year's champion, and they spurned Conte for Mourinho. They and they I think s- they spurned just, him, just like you said. It's that they both wanted. They've both been uh, Mourinho players before, and he's left. And he's you know they've it's fallen apart. But I think both of them still want to prove that at the end of the day that they're good enough for him. That's so interesting, isn't it? Like, Conte just won the league. Shouldn't he have the more sort of, the more power? Right, Conte just won the like, league, and there was already rumors of, like, if they don't start well enough, he's going to get sacked halfway through the year. Or leave. So strange. And it's I, very I, odd. I don't know. I've, I've, wa- I've been watching a couple of interviews recently with him, and it just sort of looks like he's he's losing his mind a little bit. Like It could be that, those hair implants might be breaking into his brain, maybe. <laughs> so you did see. You did see what I sent you there. Oh, my goodness. No one, no one does it better than Jose on those on those lines, yeah. and it's literally like he he loves it. Like you could any other manager, if he gets goaded in, if if the, you know someone asks him, oh Conte said, you know they want to avoid the Mourinho season. Were you surprised to hear that? Every other manager you can think of would be like, oh yeah, no comment. I don't want to. I don't want to comment on that. Not only did he comment, he had fun with commenting. Yeah, like he just. Oh my goodness. And I actually, I actually didn't know that about Conte. 
before I checked. Like, I actually didn't know what he what he meant. I didn't oh, know what right. he meant by it. It's funny because you look at him now, now that you know it, and you look at his hair, and you're like, wow, there's no way that's real. Like, there's, yeah. there's, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's Italian, so at uh, first you sort of assume, oh, you know, nature was good to this guy in terms of when it comes to hair. But, yeah, there's there's the dark side to it. Nurture, nurture <laughs> was good to this guy, not nature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, um, Tottenham. So Tottenham, I think, is the biggest divergent in our lists because I think I have them fifth and you have them fifth. Third. third, yeah, I think that's the biggest. I think I, I have the biggest third gap. pending. You have to assume that they make at least one, two, maybe three moves in the next three weeks. Like, like I, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you can't go through a whole transfer window and lose your right back and then not not sign a single player. I feel like you can. But I could be wrong. Okay, so here's my theory, and you might actually be blown away by this because I was blown away by it today because I heard this today. So. I think that this is the season where Tottenham implode a little bit. Okay. Uh, and it's because it's because of this. Um, so we've already heard Danny Rose making noises. Why would Danny Rose make these noises? So I was thinking that uh, that's myself. So remember I said that... We Wait, so you thought it was Spurs making noises, but it was your cell phone? Is that what just happened there? No, no, Dan- Danny Rose. I'm just Danny kidding. Rose making noises about le- wanting to leave, like being un- un- unhappy with, with Tottenham's transfer right. strategy. Right. Uh, and, I, and I was like wondering why, because I, I thought Pochettino had all these guys, you know, believing and happy and all this. So... I, I mentioned that Marco Arnautovic would come up again. The guy who was at Stoke moved it to West Ham. Yeah. Okay. Get this. Marco Arnautovic moved to West Ham. He's now at West Ham going to make more than any Tottenham player right now. Really? So what Tottenham have right now is they have a, they have, they have a generation of players, basically, who, you know, they're all basically playing above their wage they're playing above what they're getting paid, basically. They're also now, very young. They are. They're they're very young. But the thing is, is that they have a stingy owner. And the thing is, is that um, who do you buy, Matt? Like that's that's the thing. Like so, they're. This, I think they're going to get Barkley. Barkley's the guy. He's one guy that I think they're almost like eighty percent plus to get. That makes sense. But but I don't I don't even know what that does. No. Like I I don't know if that improves anything. Right. Like who does he? Like, yeah. I, who does he supplant there with Erickson? I don't think he, I don't Sissoko think he supplants anybody. And, I think yeah. that he just turns into another. You know, maybe slightly better than Sissoko. He, but here's the thing. So their first eleven is phenomenal. Yeah. They have a phenomenal first eleven. But so they're so strange to buy because on the one hand, you want to buy someone to improve the 11. But you think that to do that, you'd have to pay them more. You'd have to break your whole wage structure. You basically would have to look at Harry Kane and Deli Ali, who have basically built this club into the, you know, the small little edifice that they probably are now finishing second in the last couple of years. And basically look into their faces and say, we're going to bring in this guy who's completely unproven and we're going to pay him a lot more than you. Mm hmm. Like it's just so it's a strange thing. And plus, dude, they have they're not playing at White Hart Lane this, right. this season. They're, they're playing, playing at Wembley. At, um, yeah, Wembley. And right. dude, they actually they appealed to make the pitch at Wembley smaller to be more like White Hart Lane and they lost. Oh, and really? they lost they lost that appeal. So basically they they basically put their cards out and said, you know, this field is too big. We we'd prefer this field to be smaller. And they got rejected. So if you remember them in the last last year, they actually played Champions League football, but they played all their home games at Wembley, at Wembley and it was mm-hmm. a disaster. Right. So, 
they might buy Barkley. They might get a couple. But yeah, it's I interesting. Think, I think to add to your point, if you go all the way back to what they did with Bale, mm. it was they've always been. It's almost like a like running that sort of Dortmund mentality where like you you always just For sure. you know like you 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 build your guys up until they're worth money and then you sell them and then you reinvest and you you yeah. just keep reinvesting reinvesting. It's like you're constantly in rebuild. For sure. This is what happened to Swa- to Liverpool when Suarez left. This is what Liverpool are trying to avoid now, sort of being tough at Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Like, Liverpool fans will say, like, if we sell Coutinho, we're basically doing another Suarez. Right. Like, it'll just, it'll, everyone's going to riot. But with Tottenham, like, Tottenham aren't as good as they've been. We have to remember, like, in terms of, you know, global brand, global power, they are not close to Liverpool. They're not close to these other, like, even financially. They don't have the same financial... You know, this TV, this TV money is sort of maybe flattening some stuff out a little bit, but not still not enough. And traditionally, I think his name is Daniel Levy. He's known as a really stingy owner. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that this is the year. I, I think if Tottenham don't win the league this year, uh, people are going to leave. I think this is the last year that Tottenham keeps that nucleus together, which is kind of sad. But they're, dude, they're all going to see Kyle Walker over there getting paid, you know. Yeah, Tri- triple what they're making, and he's also winning trophies, and they're going to be like, "Well, why not us?" kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I this also is the think, last year for them all to pump their value up. And I also think Pochettino could leave next year, mm. which I think and I think people are saying, you know, everyone's saying, you know, how good Deli Ali is, how good Kane is, how good these players are. I, I mean, I don't doubt that they're good players, but this coach, this coach has done wonders with this team. Like, I think, I think if if I'm an England fan which fortunately I'm not, if I'm a fan of the English national team, I want as many English players as I can to go play for that guy. Because what he's done at Walker, Danny Rose, all these players who weren't very good, Matt, before he showed up. Right. Like Harry Kane was completely unproven. Deli Alley was playing in League One, I think. Like this guy turned them all into gods. Yeah. And where where do you there were there have been rumors about him like where he could end up, but I think he was he even mentioned at one point with for Barcelona? I think he was, but yeah. I, I think and to Pochettino's credit, I think that's probably gonna be his dream move or Atletico Madrid, one of those right. teams. Um but I think I think he sees what most people see, what you see for sure. Like he sees something in this squad. He probably thinks he can win the league with this squad. Yeah. Let's, let's give it like he's probably I, thinking. Let's give it one more try. And I think at this point, their problem is they've got a lot of other things to worry about next year. Yes, in terms for of sure. in terms of Champions League soccer again, in terms of you know with England, like they, I mean, you have FA Cup, you have EFL Cup, you got like no winter break. Like it's just a lot to handle for a team for a team that doesn't have a lot of depth. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how you know soccer is pretty unique for that. Like how you sort of have to weigh priorities during a season. Mm-hmm. Like a season, a season can be colored so many different ways. So basically, so my theory is like basically, the English team that goes the farthest in the Champions League. Like so let's say Man U go the farthest in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not going to win the domestic league. No, it's 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 going to take too much out of them. Mm-hmm. And I think vice versa with with City. I think if any team could do both, it is City, just because of how expansive their squad is, how much quality is yeah. there. But I mean, they're not going to do it either. Well, you can't have. It's like in France, in Spain, in Germany, you've got you know seventy percent of your season is essentially walkovers. I mean, yeah. essentially, right? You're like, right. That's completely, de- and they have winter breaks. Right. You've got a winter break, and you've got four good teams, and you've got sixteen or whatever teams that are you can play anybody on your raw. You could essentially play four of your top players, four of your starting eleven, and then rotate your other guys in. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's completely different. The one cool thing about this year is that there's going to be no Chelsea, no Liverpool that, you know, that are going for the league that aren't playing the European football. Right. So basically all the 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 teams that are in the top 7, Everton oh. included, are going to be playing European either either the Europa League or the Champions League. Right. So everyone are going to have, you know, selection headaches and coaches this year are really going to have to sort of earn their earn their stripes. Think. When's the champ? When's the draw for Champions League? So, the playoffs, the final playoffs, which Liverpool are a part of because yeah. they didn't qualify automatically. Right, they got Hoffenheim, right? They got Hoffenheim, who's the toughest draw. Uh, the playoffs are gonna are gonna be Tuesday and Wednesday next week is the first leg, and then Tuesday and Wednesday again the, the following week for the second leg. Okay, so the draw yeah. will be, and then the draw the start of August. That, oh, sorry, no. I th- yeah, no, so the draw after that will be the Friday, two days after the last Wednesday of the second leg week. Okay, so near the end of August. I think so, yeah. Okay. And then, and then oh, I yeah. think so the, the group, Okay, so group stage draw is August 24th. Okay, so we'll know, we'll know soon. We'll know very soon. And then I think the first games are played, I think, September 12th. I think so. Much. So it's, it's pretty soon, actually. It's yeah, 12th and 13th, up. okay. One other thing I wanted to mention too, in terms of United, compared, uh, and I don't, I haven't looked at Liverpool's yet, but looking mm. at schedules, uh, United's first seven games next year, easy, are, right? Are home at home against West Ham, at Swansea, home at home against Leicester, at Stoke, home against Everton, at Southampton, and home against Crystal Palace. Yeah, and that's like compared to. I mean, I uh, I haven't looked at. I know I can't remember who it was who had a schedule that just looked like it was one of the one of the bottom teams that just looked like kill me after five games. Like you're going to be yeah. on five, and you might as well be relegated at that point. And when Mourinho's won his leagues in the second season, he's always started so fast. Mm-hmm. Like he started really fast. I mean, when, when last time he won the league with Chelsea, I think the league was done and dusted by February. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Um, Liverpool's schedule is, I mean, that's ter- that's like heavenly for for Man U. I think Liverpool's schedule it isn't bad. It's 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 pretty it's pretty balanced. I mean, there'll be like you know two games against the the bottom twelve here, one game against the top seven there. Right, so, so you start off your uh, Watford, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, City. Burnley, Leicester, Newcastle. The problem is you've already got these Champions League playoffs in the first mm-hmm. week of the season, so there's no respite. Like you're just right into, sure. twi- into twice a week right off the bat. For sure. Although, I mean, I'd rather have this kind of this concentration of games early on when everyone's right. you know pretty well rested, ready yeah. to go, than you know in you know in February or whenever it's going to be when you know it's it's freezing cold outside and Coutinho's got to put gloves on and stuff. I would rather I would rather have the and I think everyone's going to be up for you know making those are such huge games in the Champions League but I but no but for sure I could see Liverpool dropping some some points early on just because I think they're going to be focused on these two Champions League games because I think by the way I don't think it's a coincidence that Virgil Van Dijk and Keita haven't come yet because Liverpool might not be in the Champions League right. Fair. Like I think, I think that's a huge reason why these so they get a haven't week. gotten done yet. They get a week after the second leg to to fix their squad to basically finalize right. stuff that you hope has been in the pipeline for a while. Mm-hmm. So who were the rest of yours? So you had City, United, and then do you have Chelsea third? I had Chelsea third. Although here's another thing about Chelsea: their squad looks so small. Yeah. 
they that's and a lot of the even their players have come out and said I think Cahill Cahill came out and said like we just don't have enough guys. Yeah, it's strange. Like yeah. I think it's just no one wants. Now, to, it just seems like nobody wants to play for Conte. It's so strange what's going on there. I think I think they might have been a little bit pissed at the way he just sort of the way he treated Diego Costa. Yeah, like it just like because because say what you want about Diego Costa, like I hate the guy, but Chelsea fans loved him. Yeah, like he was, and I think that's why. I mean, you said they would be fourth. I said that they'd be third. I was actually tempting to put. I might actually want to put Liverpool third, Chelsea fourth, because one thing that I think they're going to miss is they're going to miss that bastard. I said that Bakayoko might fill the role, but I mean, it's his first season. He might be a little shy at first, but even when Terry wasn't playing, just him be on the bench, like just a reeked of bastardry and, and Diego Costa being up there. I mean, Murata is a choir boy compared to him. Like who's, who's going to ruffle anybody's feathers up there? Unless, unless Conte just wanted a, a team of yes men. I don't know. Yeah. And, and I think even coming out, I think he even came out and said, like, I didn't want to lose Matic, but I didn't have a choice. Like, to, to admit the fact that you don't have yeah. control over your own team is so strange. Know, it's very interesting. So strange that they would sell him to, to a domestic rival. Like, yeah. at least when Liverpool sold Suarez, which broke my heart. Like, I mean, he's, he's off in another league. Hopefully we never play against him. But... I know. I also. I also feel like Mourinho. I mean, say what you want about Mourinho, Pep Guardiola, Man City, Man U rivalry. I think, and I've I've said this to you before through text. I think right now it might actually be Conte, that is Mourinho's sort of number one guy. Who, if he's up against, he wants to be. I think he's just. Yeah. I think he hates Conte. I so think much. that's just one of those. You know, he got canned half a year or whatever it was after winning the championship and replaced by this guy who. Yeah. Right, and and I think that's yeah. just it's just a very short term thing. And, and once he, he once he sort of vanquishes that, then yeah. he's he'll move back onto Pep again. And then I think yeah, for sure, I think that's exactly right. What yeah. you just said once he vanquishes him, but he has to vanquish him. And and last year, I think it started when uh, when Chelsea embarrassed Man U. I think at Stamford yeah, Bridge, wasn't it like, it was like four, four, four nil? Yeah, and he and, and he then, came and grabbed <laughs> him after the after the match and said like, "Don't you do that? Don't 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 you ever do that to me or something?" Yeah. And then, and then everyone was saying, because I think, I think, man, you were in the middle of, you know, the Europa League run, and they had to sort of rest guys yeah. for, the, for the Chelsea game at Old Trafford, and no one was giving man you a chance. But I knew that Mourinho would have those guys ready for that game. And Rashford played the best game that yeah, I think I've ever seen him game. play. And at the end of the game, Conte was just there, you know, with his head in, you know, a, a thinking position. What could he do, really? Yeah. And I, I, I think that was actually Mourinho's best moment of the season domestically, for sure, was that game. And now you have this stuff with Conte saying, you know, we have to avoid the Mourinho season. There's definitely something there. Also, they, their styles are so similar, too. I yeah. Think. They have the most, like, they're the stifling coaches, basically. Like, I, th- I think they're the ones who, who look at each other and say, like, we are the best tactical coaches. Basically. Right. Like, there might they're be saying, like, come that- at me. They're basically saying, come at me. Yeah. Like, so they look at each other, and it's almost like the town is, is only big enough for one of us. Right. Whereas, you know, Pep Guardiola, sure, they're pretty big. The town may be only big enough for one of them, but they, they're just such different kinds of coaches. And the way they play soccer is so different that 
Yeah, that there might it's actually almost be like room for both. If you took, if you said to Mourinho, who like knowing he's going into a match with another manager as a coin flip, it's like he would choose Guardiola, like he would choose Pep and say, like, sure, this is going to be something. This is a match I want to be a part of, as opposed for to, sure. Yeah, yeah you're like, exactly for, just right. for the sort of for the fun aspect of it. Because because if it's, if, if it's Pep, then it becomes you know the whole unstoppable force against the right. movable object. Right. Whereas right. if it's Conte, it's sort of like. There's only room for one of us because if right. you're better than if you're if you win the league, I'm just not as good as you because I play the same style as right. you. But if Pep wins the league, they can just say, oh, you know, they play the better football, they had the better players, but I still do what I do the best. But yeah. you know, with, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. But no, I think you're completely right. I think that he looks as, at as at, at Pep at his number one, and right now it's just Conte is the guy he has to vanquish. Yeah, and I and I do think that that Mourinho Klopp like those games, those will be a lot of those will be a lot of fun to watch as well. They it's, will. I mean, those are the they almost don't even the coaches don't even need to matter. It's it's Man U Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So like you know you know that those crowds are going to be up for it, and it's almost like what the coaches just need to do in those games is just you know play their role, play their role in the drama, and it's gonna be it's gonna be box office. The thing that's so funny right now. I think if you if you had the two of them sitting next to each other on a stage, uh, Mourinho and Conte, and and you just ask them Conte. for, uh, yeah, and, and Conte, and, okay. and said okay. like you know like give us something, give us something <laughs> to work with you, like the media, you know, sitting in front of them, yeah. give us something to work with. Conte goes first; he's gonna blow a lot of hot air. He's gonna say a bunch of dumb shit, yeah. and then and then they're gonna look at Mourinho, and he's just gonna shrug. He's gonna shrug, and he's gonna and he's gonna have a picture of his roster, and he's gonna point at Lukaku, and he's gonna point at Matic, and then he's gonna walk off the stage. Like that's that's yeah. just it seems like that that's would just brilliant. be his response to to it. I and it's like you you had these two, you had this player on your team, and this guy who everyone said was coming to your team, and they chose me instead. So you know, deal with it. It's that's phenomenal. And then hold up his so- and then hold up his three fingers. <laughs> yeah. So I want to say a couple of things. So I think I think for sure that the the two most charismatic coaches in the league right now are, are Klopp and Mourinho for yes. completely different ways. Yeah. But but I would go on a limb and say that in terms of in any sport, so I'm, I'm putting soccer, football, hockey, all the North American sports into this. I think Mourinho is the best coach I've ever seen with the media because he does what Belichick does in that he tells you nothing. Right. He tells you nothing, but. He but you gives, like him. You do. Because, yeah. because he's, he's – it's almost like he, th- he thinks of it as all a game. So, it, like, it's he – can, he, can, he can sort of be a little bit childish. Like, yeah, that's oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Like, he can go after – he can make fun of people's hair. Like, he can do this stuff. Didn't he like, say he, something last week about, like, he doesn't even keep his medals when he wins? He doesn't <laughs> care. He, does, he doesn't care. I think he said something like, I don't even, like, I don't keep my runner-up medals. For sure he said something like that. Uh, But his winner's medal, I'll be shocked if he doesn't keep those. That reminds (laughs) me of the Kobe. I remember an interview with Kobe where he said, they asked him, they asked, like, there was a whole thing this past year about, like, participation trophies that kids are getting these days. And, like, everyone (laughs) everyone said, I I can't remember who it was, who said they just throw them out. Like, I'm not keeping a participation trophy. And Kobe said, no, no, no. I'm going to put that participation trophy right in the middle of my mantle and tell myself I'm never winning that again. Like, <laughs> and that seems like a very Mourinho thing to say of like, like, sure. Like yeah. I came sixth last year. I'm going to put that on my mantle and I'm going to come, you know, like I'm, I'm never ever falling anywhere below that ever. It's like you take any situation and you turn it in your own favor. 
so funny. I think I think like the last few years when he's been you know not at his best, Mourinho, you know, like the British media has done what they love to do, and that's criticized. But I think if he leaves, he's they're gonna miss him so much because just there, there's no one that's gonna be able to give the journalists those lines to write. Like, and it's just you know he does it in good fun, but there's a bit of there's a bit of something there that you think is is on the line. Yeah, and I, I guess that kind of leads me into. I mean, we didn't really. This is, I think we're veering off now into sort of just you know free Go. free rolling it, right? Go. I think for both of our teams, it's a it's a pretty huge. Like you've got a team who you've got Liverpool. They haven't. They didn't win a trophy last year, and they're no. they got close. I think what what they played in a final, didn't they? What, were they? Was it EFL final or what, what was uh, there? No, they we lost Southampton in the. That we lost to the uh, your the eventual runner up, the team that you beat. So okay, okay, yeah. and then what, oh, right. So United won EFL. Did was Liverpool in the FA final or did they get? It? We no, we lost really early on to okay. Wolves. I felt like Liverpool got yeah. close in something, but I guess not. So so you're no, sitting no, coming off no trophies, and like the place where you got to do something. And for me, for United, it's the last four years in the Premier League, 7th, 4th, 5th, 6th, after finishing not out of the top two for seven, eight seasons prior to that. So it's a pretty big year for both the, both teams. For both the teams. And I, I mean, as much as Liverpool... Here, here's the truth. As much as I... As much as I... I'm a, being a Liverpool fan, and as much as Liverpool fans hate Man United, for... for what we said about Pep being the overall enemy and Conte being the one to vanquish, that's sort of the way Liverpool looks at Man United. Man United are the long-term enemy. Like, right. you can just see, you know, if if these franchises were people, like 300 years later, these, these two franchises will be in their rocking chair and these franchises will count their medals and they will hope. And, that's, and that is the rivalry. That is the British rivalry, is Liverpool and Manchester United, long-term, who's won more. But there's so many little teams at first that need to be vanquished. Right. Now, with I, I sort of lost my train of thought, but what, was I, what, what I was going to say was something like, right now, for, for Liverpool, they just need, it's, it's baby steps. They have to learn to qu- crawl before they can walk again. Right. And I think, but, but here's the thing, the way Liverpool play, I could see Liverpool missing out, and this is this would be. I, I think what this would be devastating, and Liverpool has to be careful about this about getting too romantic in the Champions League. I could see Liverpool finishing fifth, but going on a on an amazing Champions League run, because the way Liverpool play against big teams, the way they can sort of counterpunch them, I could see. I could see them going to Bayern Munich. They did in preseason, but I could see them going in the regular in the Champions League to Bayern Munich and, and winning three nothing. That's a dangerous game to play, though. For sure, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because you end up with nothing, and Mourinho would love that. Mourinho loves when you're romantic and you win nothing. Well, it would have been like United last year had they lost in Europa. It would, yeah, and that's and that's what was so funny to watch about Mourinho: the fact that you know, he, if he was in that position, he'd be criticizing himself. Right. I mean, if like, he was outside that position, he'd be criticizing himself being in that position. Like, had they lost, it was Ajax, right? They played in the final. Had they lost? Yeah. Had they lost that game? Like, you come out of that season saying, "Yeah, you won the EFL Cup and you won the what was the Community Shield." Like, congratulations. You, you would have had people arguing for him to be fired for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I think you're right that I think the the way that Liverpool play, it's it's fast. Like the fans, when they win, the fans love it. And the first half mm-hmm. of last season, I. 
thought was, I mean, if you look at the first half, like it was very, very entertaining. And they, I think they were either, if, if not number one, they were top two or top three in the league at that point. And, and they, they were just the ran out of gas, looking right? Team. Yeah, oh, they, they, like, were. That, they were the most impressive looking team. They ran out of gas completely when Sadio Mane went to the African Cup of Nations. Right. And one one player, I mean, there were other things like Jordan Henderson got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Coutinho got hurt. But you know, if that's going to derail a season, I mean, that's that's why you know Liverpool fans and the way Klopp plays too. It's like everything's on a knife edge. Like if things go well, it's going to be brilliant. Like we're going to make so many memories, but you know, it could all fall apart. And I think what needs to happen is we need to, we just need like, can we just have a season where, you know, we, we get knocked out in the round of 16, the champions league and we finish fourth or third. Like, can we have that? Can we just have a couple of years of just sustaining ourselves in the champions league and just putting ourselves above Tottenham and Arsenal? I think those are the two teams that Liverpool fans think, okay, that's, Looking at the big picture, we got to put ourselves above those teams. So if you maybe you would Chelsea. say if you get out of the group stage, get to the final sixteen, the final eight, make some noise and come fourth in the league, and come that would fourth, be a success, uh, and not be terrible in the in the cups. I think that that would be a, that's that's about par for what really? we need for for so, that's about par for for what Liverpool fans will be satisfied with. So you think Klopp another season of like EFL FA Cup say, you know, get to semis, maybe make a final lose, make the final make the final 16 of Champions League and come fourth. You think that's enough for at the end of the year to say like, yeah, okay, let's go for another year of this. It is because the proof is in the pudding. We just haven't bought as many players as the top clubs have. Like we just don't have the same budget. It doesn't look like our owners are all in the same way that the other big clubs owners are. So even, even Liverpool fans, I mean, Liverpool fans are pretty, uh, as critical as they are, they, they love Klopp and they know what they're working with here. Like they know that their owners are, are, you know, they'll, they have money to spend. That's the thing it's, they're not spending it. And so if Klopp delivers Champions League again, get back into the Champions League because as much as Liverpool need to win a league, they pride themselves on European Cups. I mean, that's the one that's the one area where they can look at, you know, Manchester United and when they're in their rocking chairs and be like, well, we have we've won five, you've won three, I think it is. Yeah. And, like and, and I think the the problem right now, I think trying to project the season for Liverpool is if they don't win this Champions League qualifier, like you're starting off the season on just the absolute worst foot. Matt, if we don't win this, I'm going on, this is pretty, I don't want to be dramatic, but if we don't win this qualifier, we could be done. That could be Coutinho off to Barcelona. Yeah. That could be, that could be, oof, that could be a lot of things. That could be Klopp, you know, down the road, just the the, the bubble bursting. Like, I'm not saying that he would walk out. He's, he's, he's got a huge contract now. Yeah. But, uh, but you're not, because the thing is, if you don't qualify, you're not signing anybody else. Worthwhile, yeah, at least for sure. Yeah, worthwhile. Yeah. We'll probably bring in a couple more wine aldums, but right, nothing worthwhile. The thing is, though, is it's going to be interesting to see if that actually happens. Like, I just don't see Klopp getting fired. No, like Klopp could walk out. I could see Klopp could be complete, like so pissed if he. Loses it won't be like a Ranieri thing though, where he I, just no. randomly gets canned. No, I don't think so. I think he's won too many people over, and I think I think a lot of Liverpool fans at this stage are thinking to themselves like. If we don't do it eventually with Klopp, who are we going to do it with? Right. That's sort of like so. On the one hand, you have this 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 huge club 
who are so, you know, the, around the world, they have so many fans. I mean, they go to Australia, they sell out every preseason game. They have fans everywhere. Everyone loves Liverpool. Everyone understands their mystique on big European nights or huge games. They understand all that. But, you know, I'm saying all this to you. I'm saying, like, if these things don't happen, we're done. I mean, that's the des- – on the one hand, there's this prestige. But on the other hand, there's this there's this desperation. It's like, it's like a dying – Game of Thrones house that needs to be rejuvenated. Oh God! Don't, 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 <laughs> don't, don't try to naturally segue that in. Can we? Can we just one thing before, or maybe a couple things where we get before we get to that? Okay. Oh, we're getting to that. Well, nice, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, I mean, we'll get to it. I was going to let we'll you to end it. this pod, but if you want to go on, we'll go on. No, as I long think as we I, go to bed at a decent hour. I think we're okay. I think we're okay, right? Yeah, we're we're yeah. okay for a while. Okay, so let's let's chat a little bit about just general. We talked about Champions League, like about general activity, um, like outs- general football. General yeah, footy. outside of like, outside of Premier League, because I think there, I think it's been a it's been a transfer window. I mean, it's been the most lit transfer window. I think, arguably, I mean, I don't know, I don't know the history very well, but it seems like it's one of the more lit transfer windows ever. So I'll start us off, Matt. Okay. That Neymar transfer is whack. <laughs> <laughs> That almost seems way too much like we planned this out. So, so Neymar, yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things where when it first started, uh, when the first thing came out, it was like, okay, perfect, some stupid tabloid came out and said, yeah, Neymar's going to leave. It's like, sure, let's move on. And then it gained traction, and then it was still just like, yeah, okay, sure, like, this, they're jumping on this ridiculous story. It's never going to happen. And then it was like in a day, it was all of a sudden just it happened. I don't get it. Here's the thing I don't get. Why does he have a release clause? That's what did, that's what did all this. Like yeah. Coutinho, Coutinho, who's not as good as Neymar, who I don't think will ever be as good as Neymar, ha- doesn't have a release clause. Yeah, I so guess. Basically, yeah. basically, PSG knew that here's the number we got to reach. We got Qatar Qatari owners swimming yeah. in oil. Yeah. We'll pay it. Yeah. And that was it. And then all they needed to do, but I'm still shocked because when that happens, when a team breaks your or meets your release clause, it's still up to you to agree to go there. The question is, the the the, the, the fascinating thing here is it's all, it's almost not even about money. Or or prob- it is probably. But the question is, why would Neymar choose to go to a league where, you know, La Liga is not the prem in that, you know, there are some walkovers, but compared to France, like, yeah, you know what it is? It's, it's, I mean, I want to call this right now, Kyrie Irving syndrome of the, right? Like, like you think that you, and this is the thing. And so much of what I've read is, is this idea that as a Brazilian soccer player, the, any team awards mean nothing compared to the golden, like the, the, being the the best. Yeah. Like, like I think the Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, like that's what, as Brazilians, you don't care about La Liga titles. You don't care about Champions League. You don't care about Premiership titles. You care about being the best soccer player in the world. That's, he's that's, never winning that yeah. when he's on Messi's team. He's never sure. winning it. But how fucked is that? How fucked is that? Is that attitude? Yeah, well, and, that's, I, and, and that's what they're saying. Of that's what like Stephen A. Smith and that's what um, and Charles Barkley even have said about Kyrie. It's like you're, dude, you're on a team. That you're getting to learn from the best, the second best or top five basketball player of all time. Like, why do you want to leave and go play for the Timberwolves or the like, the Suns for or sure. like somebody Especially else? Where just because it's like, your own team, like, like great, it's your own team, but you're not on sure. a team that's competing for the title. 
And Matt, like what I've noticed recently too, that's been trending is that, you know, basketball has gone more to, because everyone knows how good Golden State is, people are starting to try to create teams. Like we see what's going on in Houston. We see what, what's going on in, um, I think, I, what's the other team that's like, that's loading up in the East? Is it Boston or is it? Um, uh, yeah, Boston got Gordon Hayward. One of, I like mean, there's somebody, still, there's still nowhere yeah, yeah, near the Cavs, but. No. But you'd think that it was on the trend, like, you know, if, if winning mattered to any of these guys, they would they would want to start hooking up with other players. I think I think that was the lineup uh, ESPN started having, like that Golden State are basically setting up this this model of, you know, people are OK with with getting paid a little less. Well, you know, what the ma- problem is win. and I don't want to jump into a whole basketball discussion here, but you know no. what the problem is with basketball right now is that everyone knows that no matter what you do, you cannot beat Golden State. Mm-hmm. Like you could take you could take Golden State now and build an All Star. I mean, I mean, this is obviously ridiculous, but you could build an All Star team from the rest of the of the league, and like I would be hard pressed to say that they could beat Golden State in a series. That's actually a good a good pod for another day. Yeah. Is, is to build a team that could beat Golden State. Yeah, yeah, we sure. But do but, it. but it, it, it's interesting with Neymar. I think it, it's like you know he's gonna make. Whatever, like the whole the whole thing you were saying about this, the release clause, and like Barcelona, Barcelona didn't have to do they with the release clause. They didn't have to do anything. They as long as Neymar had the money to pay the bio clause, they had no opportunity to say no to it. Exactly, uh, which is why I don't know. I don't understand so I think, why they I had think a, bio, what it was, a bio clause in the first place. I think what it was is he's just it's having a good agent to say like when he signed yeah. with Barcelona, he was twenty two or twenty. I think he was twenty two. And they said, hey, listen, like you have Messi at this point. You've got a team. You've got a perennial Champions League uh, contender. I don't want my player or – and in Neymar's case, his dad, I think, was a huge part of the whole thing. For sure. I don't want my son to be trapped here and never have the opportunity. So I'm going to – and I don't know. I think Ronaldo has a bio. He has a clause too. I think it's $1 billion. I think it's a billion dollars though. And it's almost it, like – It's something stupid. It's a billion. It's I, think it, I, think it's a, I, I think it's a flat billion. And that's I think it's just, a billion. just to pump up his, you know, just because that's a very Ronaldo thing to do. It's but a number. Like, <laughs> but but in this case, I mean, even still, 222 million pounds is over twice what the previous record was. And that's almost comical to think about I until think you realize it, that a country's government owns the PSG. Exactly. The Qatari government owns The Qatari PSG, government owns PSG. Which is insane. And I think it's 222 euros, but okay. right now, I, right now, it doesn't mean anything because they're actually right. pretty close. Right. There's, yeah, there's something really dirty. Going it was 260, on. roughly US dollars. I think. Wow. 260 million, and if there's, they sign, and if they sign Mbappe as well for 180, that's that's over 400 to two players, which I mean, is insane. But the fact, I mean, I, I just think the fact that they lost the title to Monaco last year, they're like, well, we're never losing. The, the French like League One again. We're never. It's never going to happen. About about Neymar, I heard this rumor that um, and and this rumor sounds completely true to me. It sounds dirty as hell, but it sounds completely true to me. Um, like one of the big reasons why this deal was made too is because uh, Qatar. I mean, PSG, Qatar. I'm going to use those yeah. interchangeably. Yeah. Uh, basically, bought Neymar too because they. I, I think Qatari money also uh, built or bought him from Brazil to Barcelona 
I think that was also I think that had something to do with it too but they're basically buying he's coming to PSG to sort of be the number one rep for the World Cup in 2022 right. in Qatar well that okay so the, so the way I don't I feel like you probably know this but for anyone who's listening who doesn't understand like the way the release clause works is you have you're in a contract with a team and it's just it's the thing is it's so different from North American professional sports where like mm-hmm. you know you're in a contract you nothing can happen when you're in a contract but with the with the release clauses uh, the player has to pay that money himself. Hmm. The team, PSG, can't pay it. So they, they technically paid Neymar 222 million euros or whatever it was to be a rep for the Qatari World Cup. Yeah. And then, they, and then he took that check and transferred it over to Barcelona to pay his clause. So you're right in that that's, that was their that, – and, and this is why I think three years down the line when the FIFA fair play thing comes into play, the way that fair play works is I think they have to take like um, a player's release clause or salary can't be a certain percentage of their revenues for, for a three-year span. So this will all Some, come back to – like that. In yeah. three years, this is all going to come back to bite them and they're going to end up getting suspended. They're not going to be able to make any transfers like Atletico is right now. Um, and I know Barca has had the same thing, I think, in the past. And I think yeah. it's all going to come back to haunt them. But in, in, in the short term, I mean, sure, they're going to pump. They're, they're going to win League One. They're going to they're compete for a Champions League title. They're going to perennially. Um, oh, for sure. Because I, I, I still think Neymar is underrated. Oh, yeah. I think, I, think, I think he is. He could. I mean, Messi and Ronaldo are in their 30s now. I think he might just. He might, he might be ready to take the crown this year as the best. Yeah. And he was the guy who single, I mean, almost single-handedly, that 6-1 or 6 nothing comeback in the Champions League oh. last year, he, he orchestrated the whole thing. He, it was, it, I was going to say it was all him, but you're yeah. right. He, he, was the, he was the number one orchestrator. Right. And then, I mean, I don't know. What else? What else has happened? We're, I mean, so, so, other, other, so now, Barcelona, now Barcelona's got $230 million to spend. Yeah, and so how this money will trickle down will be interesting. So they're gonna, it looks like they're going to get Dembele. From Whoa. so that's did you, so the, today's uh, revelations have been very uh, interesting. So he just, he just disappeared. Go ahead. I, I know what you're going to say, but right. go ahead. So 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 Barcelona offered 100, 100 uh, million, and Dortmund said no, like within minutes, and then mm-hmm. Dembele just disappeared. I think he took off to Paris, and then he said he was flying to Barcelona to go negotiate his terms. And now and he's the coach sus- didn't know where he was. Right, and now and and now he's suspended and and uh, being fined by Dortmund. But it sounds like he's trying to force his way out to Barcelona. Which I mean, if you put, I don't know. I mean, I know the only knowledge I have of Dembele is the fact that I have a good friend who's a huge Dortmund fan, and when I play when I play FIFA against him. He just uh, Dembele just runs wild along the wing against me and and destroys me. But he he's he real, could he's fit really right good. into that Neymar spot. Like he's honestly yeah. just like a two point like on the on the wing. Like you were saying, Deli Ali and Rashford. Yeah, France is, France are going to have Mbappe and Dembele at the front of their team for like the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, it's going to be pretty insane. But yeah, so I almost want to blame. It's, Part of me is almost is kind of laughing because, you know, Barcelona are calling foul play on PSG for, you know, what they've done, like for stealing Neymar away from them. When sort of Barcelona has been doing this for years, right? this same thing. And Dembele's not like, I didn't have one bad thing to say about Dembele before this happened. Like this is going to change his whole his whole persona going forward. Yeah. And I mean, and it's his fault. He fucked up. But at the same time, I have a... 
you just know that Barcelona, you know, they've been in his ear. Certain certain people have, have talked to certain people yeah. and made this guy leave his whole team where he's had success. They're not a bad team. No, but they're also never sense. they're also never getting to right. winning Champions Leagues, right? Like, I mean, right. uh, unless it, some magic happens. But it's it's one of those. There's you know, if you're that guy who's 20 years old and you want to be a top on a top team in the world, there's like four teams you can go to, five teams you can go to, and Dortmund's get, not one of them. That's what I'm trying to say. Is like, look at Mbappe. He plays on a worse team than Dortmund right now, right? Because they got decimated. He plays on a worse team than Dortmund. I could never see Mbappe doing this. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I, I thought Dembele was similar, but um, yeah, you, it is know. what it is. I mean, it's one of those things where you get thirty million dollars a year dropped in front of you, and you're like, "What are you going to say?" Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what are you going to say? No. Like, yeah. A uh, couple things. So who got re- so Monaco got decimated. Yeah. AC Milan bought everyone. AC Milan bought everyone, and then now they're talking about Ibrahimovic as well. I think they they added like twelve players. I think it was twelve players they, they signed. You know what? I kind of like that though because I think you know Milan is one of those brands that you know soccer's better when Milan is good. Yeah, it's Milan weird when both Milan brands. teams are mid-table teams. For yeah. It, That's, yeah. That's that. Yeah, you you want both Milan teams to be good. You want Juventus to be to be good, and then that's about it. You know, right. La, Lazio, Roma, then they can they can do what they want. So it looks like we're. It just looks like money is back in Italy again, and it's yeah. because of China. Right. It, um, it sounds like Rome. I mean, in terms of Italy, like Roma's looking at uh, Mares, but I mean, like I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Sure, move along. And then in and then in Germany. Um, I don't think Bayern is going to be as good as they've been recently. I, I don't think I don't think they will. I think I think they're not sold on Ancelotti, uh, and I just think that they're still relying on Ribery and Robin on the wings. Like that's going to come. I mean, Lewandowski will score goals, but yeah, I, but I don't who's think... going to compete with them? Like Leipzig, who came second last year. I don't. I think that isn't there a thing next year where uh, Red Bull owns two different teams, and I think Leipzig isn't even going to be able to play Champions League next year. I think that they got away with that. Oh, did I they? Think it, I, I think I think something was passed where um, I think they're calling themselves RB Leipzig or something. Like something something's basically changed. Something stupid and okay, uh, inconsequential has changed. That's allowed Leipzig and uh, Salzburg to. I think Salzburg might be in the Europa and Leipzig will be in the Champions League. Okay. But Leipzig will be able to play Champions League. Um, one thing about Leipzig, though, is that if a Liverpool fan can tell you they are dead set on on keeping their best players, right. like they're like Keita. I think Liverpool offered something like 80, 90 million for Keita. Never budged. Never budged. So this team is for like they've come from nowhere and they're for real. I'm not saying that they're going to challenge Bayern. I just think that it's cool that that uh, that Germany have another big team now. Like. That's gonna be relevant. yeah, and Leipzig too. They've got this this Oliver Burke kid who I think they're gonna, yeah they're, they're yeah. It could, I mean, it'd be great. It's great when the in these other leagues where they have you know Germany with uh, it's like um, who was the third? It was Dortmund, Liverpool. Uh, sorry, Dortmund, Bayern, and who was the third team who ended up almost getting relegated last year? Um, uh, where De Bruyne who, used to be. Was it Leverkusen? No, where, where was De Bruyne before? Um, uh, 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 Wolfsburg. 
Yeah, Wolfsburg, and they I almost got was, relegated yeah. last year. Yeah, and like that was so they were like kind of perennially top five, top four or top five, and then you know Spain they got their top three, top four, and teams mm-hmm. move in and out. But it's it's always good to see teams kind of stick around for a while, and it's almost like what Tottenham's doing in, in England right now, where like yeah, they're trying to make their run. But it's it's almost like in those leagues, you just can never supplant those one two perennial teams, unless you were Monaco, who did right. Which I which I loved because that that team was awesome and and we all knew that they were going to get decimated, yeah. and they have been decimated. But they have that they have that trophy at least they at least they beat PSG because now they're not going to no one's going to win in France for the next ten years. It <laughs> yeah. looks like yeah. All right. Well, have we exhausted the European football landscape? I think so. Uh, judging from the amount that I'm sweating, let's <laughs> let's let, let's move on. Okay. So. Let, I'm gonna let you choose the next subject. Oh I'm my goodness! Um, okay, what? Uh, I don't know. Let's go. Um, I mean, I think the only other thing that we'd actually chatted about, maybe having real discussions on, is Thrones. Um, Let, let's talk about. Do thrones. you want to jump straight to there? Okay. Uh, yeah. Why don't you lead the way, only because you're such a hater, and you will let you start the discussion. Okay, I love I love that you labeled me that. Yeah. I've always been I've always been a huge Game of Thrones hater. Uh, and then this this season, um, I, sh- I should I should I should say though that although being a hater, well there, there's two there's two ways to hate. You could just completely ignore it altogether, or you could be completely obsessed with it because of how it's taken the world over. And in spite of you hating it, you watch every episode because everyone around you loves it so much, and you want to watch it and just chirp them a little bit. Okay. And that's sort of what I've, that's been my Game of Thrones strategy of late. But I'm finding out that recently, this season, um, I have nothing to chirp about. Because I would go as far to say that it's been must-see TV. Really? Uh, It's been must-see TV. And there's reasons for this. And these reasons don't reflect greatly on the writers of this show. But what the show has basically done is it's basically set a limit for know how many more episodes there are and there's something like there's 15 more episodes left they done nothing to get to the end up at this point the show just treading water just treading water so now you know you give the show an end date now they know that they have to do shit that they have to get stuff done so in previous seasons where a war a meaningless superfluous war would take up half a season or a whole season now you're starting to get two wars in an episode maybe but right. the mirac- but the miraculous thing is is that it's actually it's actually succeeding doing that like it's that, is that's it? the that for me it is and that's yeah. the one thing that I, I i i cringingly sort of have to give them credit for is that okay this new sort of shit is happening kind of thing that's that's been maybe not that surprising but the show is actually way more confident i think in the way they deliver this stuff another thing they can do is before where you sort of had to follow certain characters stories slowly i'm looking at aria um who else brand everyone uh, really everyone but yeah but sansa me, was but, out on her own but basically the characters who are acted by actors who i think are shit right you've had, right. To, you've right. had to follow them so slowly for a long time whereas now you have so much to you have so much to go on. I mean, you have so much material to work with that you can sort of, I mean, you have to keep up with the stories. But if, an, if, someone, if someone's not a good actor 
and is not sort of carrying you know the momentum of of the of the quality of the episode you can just sort of abandon them and go somewhere that will and for the most part so far for me Maybe maybe it's just only because I'm comparing it to the shit that came before, but it's it, it there's a huge there's a big imp- it, it's it's I might go as far to say that it's it's a different show. Interesting. I I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I'm at the point now where I'm comparing Game of Thrones to Lost. Okay, well, in that, well, that, well, that's crowning it, Matt. No, isn't it crowning? Not like, necess- we, we love, no, we hold on, hold lost. on. Let me allow me to rephrase what I meant there. The last, like the wrap up, the wrap up mm. of Lost. You know how it Lost, like heading into the last season, it was like, all right, let's just get this over with. Let's have let's have a season where it's not shit. Let's just let's have this be somewhat like acceptable, so we can be happy when the thing ends and wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you that. If you if I look at I'm, I just pulled up a list uh, like the IMDb uh, the cast of Game of Thrones I I'm hard pressed to pull out a single you know what there's a couple actors it, who who I think are like who bring something to the show beyond yeah. their character I'll take you, you, there's more than a couple but I completely take your point like like I I don't think that the I I think if I was able to read the script. And be as enthralled by it without the visuals, I would almost prefer that to actually watching the show. You, I would cast because I haven't read the books at all. So like, I I would, I would cast you over the guy they have John playing Jon Snow. (laughs) You okay? It's it's literally at that level. We'd have to put a little bit. We'd have to give you more hair. Well, of course. Uh, we might have to do some something to fix that gate of yours into, into, <laughs> into something that could that could resemble grace. <laughs> some grace, like much, much like Elaine, much like Elaine. Grace. Can one have some grace, or does one have grace or not grace? <laughs> so for me, it's like if it's so. So my and the problem is for me, Mike. The actors who I think are good are getting some screen time. Like, Very, but not that much. No, like Ian Glenn, like Jorah Mormon right. is pretty much right. like he's I there. I think. I think after the last episode, it seems like he's kind of gonna. He might get a get a role. Yeah. Um, and I like that Samuel Tarley. I like that Tarley's back, and he's getting he's getting some some run. And yeah. now that we know that his family is at least somewhat important, I think that's and interesting. Actually, but he's actually doing shit. Like he's not just right. you know walking around he's ambling just in corridors bitch. talking about bullshit. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that Davos is one of my favorite. Like that, he's probably my favorite actor in the whole show. I completely, Matt. I'm I'm completely. We're completely on board with this. Yeah, and like, then Bron, I mean, I'm thinking and, exactly. And Bron, Bron was my other one who I think love Bron too. Like, those are my four. Those are my favorite actors. I hope that my biggest thing is that I just want Baelish to get killed off at some point. Hopefully, it's the next episode. Every episode I go into, I hope that Baelish gets killed. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna last till the very end. Yeah, which is because just, no. Because here's my I, like. I, I should say. I should say this. I, like, I don't know anything, so I'm not spoiling anything. Because oh, I know. I don't absolute, know anything either. Yeah, I don't know. I know, I know less shit. than you. But what I think is gonna happen. Here's 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 what I think is gonna happen on this show going forward. So how many episodes are left? Like twelve, eleven? Like no not idea. that much. No idea. How many how many episodes are gonna be devoted at the end to killing zombies? Um, oh, like right. the final battle, yeah. maybe like three, four. I don't know. So like that's the final yeah, war, isn't it? I, I feel like that that White Walker war will be yeah, hopefully maximum two episodes. But like, but that's the main threat, Matt. 
Like, that's the main thread of, like, eight seasons. And here is the stupidity of this show, is that the main thread of this show, basically, that's come at the very end. Like, it started. I think the the first scene of this show is White Walkers walking towards the camera. Right. And we're only going to get two episodes of this war. I think we might get three or four. But my point is this. My point is this, is that... The, this Lannister war needs to finish, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think the Lannister war will finish by the end of this season. Okay. So I think, I think, I think it's it's very plausible that the Lannisters get killed this season. So, which uh, is, and you mean Cersei and Jaime? I mean Cersei or Jaime, or maybe both, or maybe you know, I, I'd be surprised if I'd be surprised that the show wanted to fight the zombies and the Lannisters at the same time. Fair. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that they're going to do one and then they're going to do another. And where Lord Baelish comes in, I think he's going to I think he's going to be in the Walker camp like or he's going to die in that season. OK, so I think that I mean, that I don't know anything, but, you know, I actually I actually sort of lo- and this is saying a lot because I used to he, he he like all the other characters didn't have he didn't know what the hell he was doing on the show. But now it's he. I mean, the writing is terrible, but he has some he has some chemistry with Sansa now in that they're actually doing something with Sansa, too. And I actually I actually find them talking to each other and sort of, you know, imposing power on each other, not entirely unbearable. I'm actually OK with it. Hmm. There's there's a lot worse on the show. There's a lot worse on the show. Uh, Brands doesn't say much. One. Doesn't say much. Brand's character is a complete abomination. Yeah, like useless. They, they they don't know they don't know what they're doing there. They're just there because he probably has something important to do. Right. So they're keeping him around for that. And and, and what's her favorite? Who's the what's the giant blonde short hair? Oh, She's not doing anything. She's just biding her time. Oh like, man. It's like these characters are just stuck on like a treadmill going zero point two miles an hour. Like they're just sitting there waiting for something to happen to them. Here's the here's the worst thing about this show. There's a there's a couple of things, but let's let's look at a guy like Tyrion. Okay, let's look, let's look at a guy like Tyrion. So the show tells us script uh, episode by episode by episode that this guy is you know he's witty, he's wise, right? He's this kind of guy. Yeah. But basically, I've only watched like five episodes of the entire series where he's acted like that. Right. All, all the other episodes, it's it's characters sort of reminding us that he's this kind of guy, but he's <laughs> right. not. Right. So it's like it's like, but every once in a while, you'll have a really good episode of Game of Thrones, and it's it's almost like the writers are saying saying to us, like, "See, I told you these are the characters who we said they were." Right. And it's kind of like, but They're trying to prove so a point. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's how I judge a Game of Thrones episode now. It's it's can these characters reach the heights that um, sort of ideally they can reach? Because we know that the characters won't be able to sustain those heights because the writers aren't good enough. The writers aren't good enough to make Tyrion the the I, the character that they want him ideally to be episode by episode. They're just not good enough to do that. Some right. writers on shows are like Don Draper was Don Draper all the way through. Everyone on that cast was who they were all the way through. You, you, you could even argue that President, you know, Bartlett, shows, President Bartlett was President Bartlett all the way through. Exactly. So, but uh, that, that's at this show's worst. These characters are different characters every time you see them. Yeah. 
Like it's literally on that level where like no one really has a core. And what's changed in these last cup few few episodes, like in the season, and this is why this is where I will disagree with you about Lost because I think Lost peaked, like legitimately peaked in like you know the first three seasons, some yeah. parts of four, right? Yeah, season but, two. So they did they did approach the last season like let's just get this over with. Right. I think Game of Thrones knows that because you know there there are there are so many wars like there's so much shit that needs to happen and that they haven't been good since maybe season one throw okay throw in a couple of episodes here and then but like they they have so much stuff that's that they can work with to make good episodes and they don't need to rely on on making characters great because you know the plot is actually moving now and interesting things you know are happening Relative to the world. I mean, crazy shit is still happening. Right. But. I guess the good thing about Thrones, the thing they have going for them, is it's not like Lost, where they, they had all these things that they just couldn't answer. Right. So, so now it's just, it's just like they, they, Lost had no endpoint. There was no legitimate exactly. endpoint. Whereas here, at least you know exactly. someone's coming out on top. Like, whatever it is, it's going to happen. It's not going to be... This whole, this whole Game of Thrones is not going to be just... Like you know, what was what was lost ended up? It was like, uh, like purgatory sort of. Like it's it's yeah. not going to be like that. I, no, and I think no, it's no. funny. It's funny because looking at the characters from Game of Thrones, the only one who I can look at of the top, say I don't know twenty, that has really consistently been engaging from like episode one forward is Cersei. I completely agree with you. And I, I think she's one of my favorite yeah. actors on the show. Yeah, like she's that. she's a, the, the the absolute perfect villain in that like never likable but always engaging. Matt, I would actually argue that there that there are actually few good actors on the show, but they just get completely wasted. Like yeah. they get completely wasted away to the point where they're just on this show. I think to just get a paycheck. Fair. And that because has been the case the last like couple seasons where all these actors start showing up. Uh, like this season, there's these guys in like minor roles coming out of nowhere. Oh, that's always been. That's uh, and here's another. Here's a, here's another clue that tells you how bad the writers of this show are. This show is so bad that they actually can't. They don't understand how a character can be, you know, ten percent good, ninety percent evil, you know, sixty forty. There's none of that. Basically. We're going to have guys come from nowhere and be the main villain of the show. Let's bring the High Sparrow in from nowhere and let's right. make him the main villain of the show. For we'll like kill him eight off episodes. Eventually. Yeah. Let's bring in, you know, that this stupid new Greyjoy basically burned. I thought Greyjoys were supposed to get fighting. Now he runs the Navy all in one episode. Right. How great a, sh- how great a show is this? And the sand, and the whole sand thing, like that, they were so minor the whole time. Yeah, it's just, uh, I just this is the most popular show on TV. Like yeah. this is the show that's taken the world over. Like you go out, like we talk about there not being water cooler shows anymore, which are sad. Like, you, uh, like watching it is an event, yeah. right? Because because a bunch of people binge watch now. Game of Thrones is still an event. Like people tune in Sunday night on Twitter right after Game of Thrones is everywhere. Why? Yeah. Like, why is this? Why is this the show that everyone is like, you know, creaming themselves over? Is this, is this the best we can do? Like, if this is the most popular show we do, we put this in a rocket ship and we send this to a, you know, an evolved alien species out there in the universe, and they watch this show and they think that this show represents, you know, the best of our, you know, TV culture. 
the fuck does that say? Yeah, this can't be it. And you know, you know what? And I, I've said this to you before. It's come up in our conversations in the past. I the problem for me, one of the problems for me with Game of Thrones is I get through that three minute credit scene at the start. That's like an awful like college student made this map thing, this awful graphic diet. I can't get through that three minutes. I have to go somewhere else until that's over. And it's, only, like gotten it. y- it's only gotten longer every season. And it's because, just like, because I get the, it. The, I get the that they highlight the certain things. Thing. Sorry. The things on the map, the, like the, the places on the map change. Yeah. But you know what? Can I tell you something? You don't give a fuck. No one gives a <laughs> shit. <laughs> Don't tell that to half the world, man. No, no, ha- no. It's not half. It's not half. It's like 2% that notice that it's different. No one cares. No one gives, <laughs> no one's paying attention to it, man. I'm not, I promise you, I'm not in the bottom 2%. It's, it's, <laughs> no one, get, no one gives a shit. Just, just show me what's going on. Just, just take me to the yeah. show. Get rid of this credit scene. I, like, there's been, a few, there's been a few good opening credit scenes in the past. Like West Wing was good. I liked House of Cards for a while. Like some of them are good. Lost mm-hmm. was always really good. Like oh, oh, Dexter's always like Dexter's. Yeah, Dexter was good. Uh, Rick and Morty is good now. There's a couple good ones, but like I don't know. Uh, get out of here. Like it's like half the episode at this point. The other thing that bothers me about Game of Thrones, and this has always been with me, is that I actually love like the initial premise of the show. I love the idea that you have these houses. And these houses represent, you know, identities that entail, you know, certain codes of morality, certain, you know, certain political perspectives, certain ways of doing shit. Like these houses mean something. And they did mean something early on. You know, you, I think of Tywin's speech to Lannister, like all that will be remembered is your name. Right. Lannister, Lannister's Lannister paid their meant, debts. Yeah. Lannister's meant something. Stark's meant something. Like these, these. These, these houses meant something, and then they completely just scrapped all that. Right. And the next thing you had was, you know, Tywin banging Tyrion's prostitute girlfriend. And it just made no sense because the guy was completely against prostitutes being in the castle in the first place. It's just, right. it's just so, so many sort of contradictions that the show did on itself that, like, it's like they, they could buy the window dressing. Like, all the costumes look good. The sets look good. It always looks lovely. It's all just a, a, a facade. Like no one can write. No, and the other yeah. thing is too is that no one, no one looks like enjoy writing for the show. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's just sort of like it actually. It, I would argue that it's changed a little more now. It looks like they're having a little bit more fun with what they're doing. But we're just like, let's just get this over with. Like the acting too. It's like where's the where's the spark of inspiration coming from? Yeah, I heard something today uh, that the last episode broke the record for the most characters ever on fire in one scene. Um, the previous record was Saving Private Ryan, uh, the scene where they're going through in the opening scene and they're like flame throwing oh, in, into the bunkers. That was 13. Oh, man. And I think the new oh, the, the fight scene at the end of the last episode broke it. It was like oh. 21 or 22. It, the most people on oh, fire in one. And you know what? I heard that and today and I thought to myself, so that is such a Game of Thrones thing. Oh, for sure. 20 characters for on fire sure. in one, one episode? Sure, perfect. I'm sold. Well, like that. That saving Private Ryan scene will be with me forever. Like, that was yeah. one of the most powerful scenes I've ever like, first opening scene. Are you, like, and moving around your house right now? It seems like you're, no. you're starting to cut out quite, quite oh, bad. Oh, shit. Okay, no, I'm in the same place, but I moved slightly to the right. Am I okay now? Yeah, it's a little better. It's kind of out for a while. 
okay, shit. I, I had something to say there. You're going to say that, no. Saving Private Ryan, that opening scene, is one of my favorite scenes of all time. And for Game of Thrones, I mean, I talked up the show recently, but for that show to, to be uh, Saving Private Ryan, yeah. uh, it's a bit upsetting. It makes me my stomach. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I think, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to go into now that we mentioned Saving Private Ryan to talk about Dunkirk but what do you want to say do you want to save it or well I haven't seen it oh you haven't seen it yet okay well I guess we're saving it I haven't seen it yet let's let's save it let's save it Uh, 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 we did the Chris Nolan pod our our meager viewers can go check that out I think it's still one of our best pods agreed we we go through his filmography and we talk about sort of you know what we think he tries to show in the, the themes that he shows and Sort of this quiet mythology that I think he's building. Yeah, and you, you got to see it because it's funny how like in a in a movie that's so divergent from his his previous work of like that sort that's of that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, but it but it's still very t- much touches on a lot of the same themes. That's really cool. Yeah, that's you're you're you're, you're goading me into watching it just like that. Yeah, you oh you got it. I mean you got to go see it in theaters for sure. Uh, what okay. about have you read anything good lately? You read it uh, all or not really? So I'm reading I'm reading one of the cornerstones of Western literature right now. Really? Which sounds pretentious as fuck, but it's very pretentious, uh, yeah. You know what? It's 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 not because this 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 book is so accessible that I'm that I'm just having I'm having a great time reading it. I am reading Dante's Inferno right now. Wow. So I'm reading the Divine Not Comedy. to be confused with Dan Brown's Inferno. <laughs> Because I think those is that just a is that a reprint? Is that just Dan Brown? He just did like a translation, right? Oh, that's fantastic! No, I've, ne- I've never actually read it. I've never actually read Dan Brown's. Oh, no. You could read it in like about a, fifteen minutes. Is it not like a sequel to Da Vinci Code or a prequel? Yeah, it's the or same something? character. It's same character. Yeah, same, same character. Guy. It's it's Tom oh. Hanks. It's still Tom Hanks. Yeah, but like just you know, I. I'm reading this. I'm reading this book, Dante's Inferno. I'm just thinking. I'm not reading enough poetry because this is beautiful, I, and it's not even in the Italian. It's 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 translated, but it just flows so well, and it's and language is so simple, but it just hits so hard. It's like Mourinho at his best in the press conference. You know it how just hits you. You know how I say that I want to. If if I could pick any athlete to slap, it would be Diego Costa. Yeah. When you say <laughs> I don't read enough poetry, you skyrocket to the top of the list. Oh no, bro! You can't be Come you can't on. be someone living in 2017 and say to me, "I don't read enough poetry." It makes me, it just it's get you know get with the times, you don't, man. You don't watch think more so? ga- watch think... more Game of Thrones. Oh man, I can, bro. Poetry is I think poetry is better suited to like what people have time for now. Like who has time to read a, read a novel? A lot of people would say they don't. Yeah, which poetry you can sort of you can you can take it in. In such smaller increments, but it, it just it can hit you. You know what those and people are reading now, though. What are, are they reading? Comics, comics, graphic novels. Because it's, it's uh, very quick, very quick reads, and I feel like there's a lot of good stuff. But those are just like pictures. Like poetry is it, like all uh, the words easy. in poetry are like easy. signifiers. 
easy. Oh, uh, you're 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 gonna you're gonna put your foot down. No, there, I'm right? not gonna put my foot down. I just think yeah. it's it's something where you're getting a lot of these different like non-standard forms of. It's like poetry used to be the thing that you could like digest in short in small amounts. I feel like you're getting a lot of people who are really good writers writing, um, writing graphic novel stuff. But I don't. I'm also not reading that much of it. I'm reading a lot. I feel like I'm kind of all over the place right now. Like I I read a sort of. Um, a book just recently, I Let You Go, which was like sort of a mystery suspense kind of thing, which is really good. And then I'm reading an old uh, book called The Secret History right now by Donna Tartt that's really good. And that's actually, it has a lot of theme, uh, themes of that sort. It's very uh, like a lot of the classics. Um, like it's about students in college who are Greek students reading the classics. And there's a lot of sort of intermingling. Oh, cool. Of, yeah, it's really good. Um, that sounds really interesting. But then jumping, jumping back and forth between like graphic novels and even like manga and like other, like, I just feel like the things that I've been reading lately have been kind of very eccentric and kind of all over the place, which is Um, fun. It is fine. Um, I want to say one, like, so what you said about what I'm just say one more thing about poetry. I'm I'm with you in that. I I don't like the people. I don't like the poets who, who do crazy shit. 